welcome back to the third place. It is part two of Laura Ben Croft, the two-part episode looking into the Tomb Raider series, looking into Laura Croft and why she is that bitch. Uh, but I am here with two of my favorite guys in the world, returning from the Need for Speed and Tony Hawk episode is J. David Obswer and Kelby Losek. How are you guys doing? What's up? What's up, dude? We we here and we <laughs> queer. <laughs> question mark <laughs> will we will we answer the question in this episode stay tuned <laughs> we just raised a lot more questions in the, in the prologue oh yeah no <laughs> this okay audience members this is a question for you and i want your answers is sucking your own dick gay leave me an answer under the episode posts that i will sound make. off in the comments please yeah, yeah please like, like and please, subscribe please. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i uh i'm so happy to have you back it feels like it's been a long time since our first talking together which in reality it's only been four months but uh i remember just the joy of that episode uh david's beer run that lasted seven minutes uh <laughs> The other Igor, you know, mm-hmm. classics, like mm-hmm. uh, it, such good memories. And, you know, before the show had even come out, you know, we recorded that before the show had dropped its first episode. So oh, that's right. That's Already it's part of the that. PS2 greatest hits collection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got the we got the red label on that episode already, guys. It's twenty dollars now. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> but uh, before we get into the episode, I want to. I want to actually extend my uh, congratulations to Kelby on his on uh, new new son. Uh, yeah, let's go! Uh, it's a big moment. We got agitator. We got a new agitator in the world. A new little agitator. He's already like making those faces too. You can tell. <laughs> you can already tell. <laughs> he does the glaring on, <laughs> under his eyelids, where he's like, he looks like he's asleep, but then he's like all <laughs> Asian eyed. <laughs> uh he's he's learning fast you know he's speed running this yeah he's a speed runner <laughs> but and i also wanted to uh say how much i love your guys's new books uh dying world and mercy uh Thank you. you know i i for one love cyberpunk you know the sort of genre and aesthetic you know especially with cyberpunk 2077 recently coming out you know those books are just like you know it's like a fine course meal for me. Like I love when mercy mercy kind of reminds me of a cyberpunk last of us in a way, like, mm. like mm. that's, especially since that's relevant right now. Cause the yeah. TV show is happening at the moment. Um, but I love that. Just what I love about your guys's books is that like, I, I know exactly what this world looks like in my mind. Like you guys are so great at like, putting me in a world and in like a thought process in the character's mind shoes what have you i love in dying world just how like visceral and how like just i it really does feel like night city from cyberpunk Mm. like it's i i feel that like just coursing through every word like i can't say enough how much i love those books like they're they they accompanied me when I went to Florida. Like I just you know I love holding just this amazing oh, hey. art. Yeah, Hell I got yeah. my books right mm. here. Hell yeah! Uh, but I this is just to everyone. It's like buy these guys' books. They're they're fantastic authors. Like legitimately. Like Thank I'm a you. bad reader, 
and I'm like, I, I eat Me too. Yeah. Me and I too. just, I, I eat y'all's work up. So, uh, I wanted to say my quick little word on those, on your guys's books, but I appreciate that. I, you, uh, just, just real quick. Oh, yeah. You mentioned night city, uh, and I'm a bad reader too. And I think that might be what makes Kelby and I interesting is that we don't read very much. Uh, we read a lot of manga, uh, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of, of books books because I don't like them. Mm-hmm. But I love Cyberpunk 2077. So I literally oh, yeah. just wrote that book because I was playing that game. So yeah, I mean, it's not a not a mistake that it feels like it because I was just like, why invent a whole brand new world when one just exists and I can change the name? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I guess that kind of uh that can transition into the the uh, re- the question I have for returning guests is which which is what have y'all been playing now I since we had last talked I think you were getting into cyberpunk at the time I can't remember um but I will say like as I got back into it too when you were posting about it like it's I I've, and I haven't I don't know if I put my two cents in because I've on so many like a bunch of these episodes but i genuinely love cyberpunk which is like kind of like crazy because like two years ago i probably would have been as like a little bit more mild about that um the game really now feels like it's pro- how it should have been from the beginning um mm-hmm. now you know that raises up a question of like should the game have been delayed and blah 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 i don't really care it it's one of the few games I have played in recent memory where it feels too real. Like it borders on like a real simulator being in a real life place. So like, I still have to keep playing it. I will cover it on the show at some point because I think it's important to cover that game. Um, Cause it's legitimately great. Um, but I know David, you've been playing some games recently you've been posting about it uh you've been returning to your gamer life yeah yeah i have to well my son likes to he's obsessed with the playstation now (laughs) fucked up as a parent yes and just started turning that on so i can either watch uh school for littles where we can learn uh you know the rabbit goes hop or we can (laughs) watch He watches Leo the Truck, which is like a construction show. He's big into excavators and bulldozers and stuff like that, which is cool. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, or I can play games, and mm-hmm. he'll watch those too. So mm-hmm. recently, man, since I went on the show, obviously I played all the Tomb Raiders. Um, Cyberpunk, I played, oh man, I'm going to be forgetting. so Because there's so many deals on the PlayStation Store. Yes. You get so much for free. So like right now, I haven't played them, but right now I have Devil May Cry 5. Oh, you're going to uh, love that one. It's I, I played the first level while he was watching, and then I was like, this might be a little bit too scary. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I'm trying to think, like I have so many. Oh, so I played Judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Yakuza 0. Yeah. I played Year of the Dragon Yakuza, which is a yeah. completely different fighting system but i think it might actually be more fun yeah that's uh, that's the seventh game where they went to mm-hmm. being an rpg yeah it's an <laughs> rpg exactly yeah yeah and I, pl- I so then speaking of rpgs i played final fantasy 15 uh i played final fantasy 7 uh retrograde i think is what it's called on ps5 yeah um and then currently I'm playing, I just played the the demo for The Village, Resident Evil The Village, which I thought was really fun. 
uh, Ghostwire Tokyo demo, which I love the graphics, but didn't really. I don't like shooting things with my finger. Mm-hmm. It just it it feels it feels weird. Yeah. But the games that I've been really into are what, Tony Hawk. The, the yeah, of course. Hawk. Uh, that's just how I kill time with the kid because he. But he started doing this thing where he stands right in front of the character, and I'm like, mm-hmm. buddy, can can you move? He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't speak English yet, so he just kind of stands there. Daddy's um, gaming. I'm gaming, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the skateboard. This is me. <laughs> I probably, in the meantime, yeah, I played Cyber uh, Cyberpunk. It blew me away. Uh, I agree with you when you say that it's like a world that you live in because you literally like the I, the fact that it's just this endless uh, jungle of missions that you can get into, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can do so many things. It's so customizable. The action's so good. The soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, so like, the soundtrack's amazing. I was playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and how I wrote Dying World was I just played like the Rebel Path V mm-hmm. and uh, Atom Smasher, like oh, on yeah. repeat. And uh, Wuxia dolls too, or Wushu dolls, mm-hmm. um, which I, I have a complaint about Wushu dolls, and that is that it doesn't go into the badass riff a second time. It's kind yeah. of a short song. I wish it. I wish it repeated one more time. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now I'm playing Sifu, which is some of the best gameplay I've experienced since mm-hmm. my reentry into gamerdom. It's a <laughs> you're kind of like Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a roguelike where you every time you die you gain age. all your powers, yeah, yeah, and your age. You get, yeah, you, I remember the age get, thing. Yeah, you get older and older and older, and then once you hit your seventies, if you get killed, you die. Your strength goes up as you get older, but your health goes down. Yeah, and there are certain move sets that you can only learn within certain age brackets. So you mm-hmm. run you run through these levels, and you try to pick up new moves as you go along because you can permanently unlock them if you spend enough xp but the combat is just really especially once you learn how to duck and block uh you have to kind of time the moves correctly but when you do it fluidly uh and you're in one of the many kind of old boy homage hallways Mm -hmm. it goes it goes second person and you're you're beating the shit out of people you genuinely feel like a badass while you're like beating the fuck out of people with a baseball bat so sifu is huge and is that the one where all the enemies are bitches some of them uh, like half of them are yeah because you can be a girl you can be a guy or a girl so they are like equal opportunity and i <laughs> I, I told kelby kelby knows this a lot of people didn't pick up on it but i kept posting gameplay from sifu and it was only when i was like bashing a girl's head in those, those would be the only clips <laughs> that i would post <laughs> uh, uh, david what did you mean by that <laughs> i didn't mean shit i've also been I've been trying to play more games like with the family. So I've got some cozy games like Spirit Fairer mm-hmm. and uh Spirit of the North, the Fox game. Um they like they my son loves the Fox game. Like when you slide on ice, he thinks that shit's hilarious. So I keep like slipping on the ice. Uh and I don't want to leave anything out. Scarlet Nexus, that's the newest one because it was on a deep discount. Oh yeah. Deep discount. And I played the demo and loved it. Uh, And so it's, you know, it's a $70 game. It was like 20 bucks or something like that. And I thought Mm -hmm. I have to pick this up and I love it. I love the anime style. I love the architecture in it. It's got uh, just incredible 
design. I love the gameplay too. I love calling yeah. in my friends to use their psychic <laughs> powers and shit. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a really, uh, I don't know enough about games to know if it's inventive per se, but it's inventive to me and unique. So uh, that's what I dig. As far as I know, Scarlet Nexus is by the studio that makes the tales of series. And I haven't gotten into those, but they do look interesting. But Scarlet Nexus is very different from them because Tales games is that like are Plague much... Tale. No, it's they're like they're more like traditional fantasy anime. Like they're oh, called like just ta- the... Tales of Arise or something yes, like yes. that. Yes, it's yeah, from like yeah. that brand. So Scarlet Nexus is from that team. It was a very different thing for them. Um, I think I'm sure there's similarities, but I think what because I got it too because you mentioned it was on sale and. I remember being interested by it, but it was like $70. No way. Like this is not worth $70 to me. So I waited and it was $20 at GameStop. Um, but yeah, it. I was surprised too, because it's, it's a very chill game while being action packed. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. which is refreshing because like so many games require so much <laughs> mental fort, like just putting yourself into it where like Scarlet Nexus feels very laid back. And it's easy. I, it's an yeah. easy game, you know. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that about it. It reminds me a bit of Persona in the whole social game aspect of it, where you have to spend time and talking to your partners uh, to like get more abilities out of them. And I feel like that's a great way to just flesh them out too. Like, and plus the characters are just fun in general. Like they're all unique. They'll have their sort of like backstories and stuff. I mean, I've only played like two hours of it, uh, mm-hmm. but I've had some fun moments with it already. Uh, I picked the boy. Uh, Me too. I, I never yeah. picked the girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they want, I think, you know, they tried to make the girl, you know, cold and mysterious, but it's just like, yeah, the boy looks cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 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 Am I yeah. revealing I think myself? You, I think, I think you might've, <laughs> I think you might've mentioned it. It was, uh, I'll just say it's you and, and <laughs> just, just, just go with it. But y'all were talking about uh, guys who do their Dark Souls characters, like all fucked up looking, you know, like oh, yeah. Make yeah. Their, their was, character. Yeah, last week. and they'll be like, this guy's, that's right. It was last week. And uh, I was right there. Like when I make my character, like I want him yeah. to look badass. You know what I mean? Like I want to, and you guys talked about the cyberpunk fashion too, how like, you know, you have this badass outfit and then you're like, damn it. The pink mesh top is like, you get so much more armor. If you, if you do the pink mesh top. Yes. That was a big dilemma of mine. Cause I was like, but shirtless bulletproof vest just looks better. Like like 50 cent basketball shorts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I go like basketball shorts, shirtless bulletproof vest. And it's like, man, but that just getting that sequin top is like (laughs) 75 armor and electric resistant. It's yeah. it's a dilemma. No one talks about video game fashion and why game devs want to make you look like a freak in your in your game. <laughs> like just make like the best armor legitimately cool looking, but like you know, they 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 know that there's like a meme quality to it. It's like post your goofy looking loadout and you know, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, you like when you do your loadout, it shows your character like put it, you know, getting the new clothes on. So it's like your character looks like some like trilby wearing guy with a you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, a spiked leather vest uh with like ripped up 
like uh booty shorts and it's like well his armor is really good with this <laughs> well, he's, a, he's a he's a nomad hello come on right, yeah I mean, right this is <laughs> yeah. typical nomad fashion by the yeah. way if you play as anything else than a nomad what do you why are you playing the game uh hello, yeah i'm a street kid yeah is that a is that an option street yeah street kid yeah. street kid and corpo were the other two Corpo makes Corpo, no sense to me. You're a, it makes no sense to me. There's got to be a catch to that. I've I've been thinking about. I'm like, there's a catch to this, right? Corpo is probably low key like the best one to play on or something. All all I know about the Corpo route is that any and all interactions with corporate figures is like way better, and you get like special. You know, a lot mm. of the Corpo interactions are way e- easier to deal with. But it's like I always pick Nomad, like. Nomad, I love the when you know Cyberpunk starts you in the Nomad and you're just in the desert trying to ship an iguana. Yeah, like, I want yeah, to play. I missed that mission. Yeah, David told me about that too. So I was like, I have to play again as a Nomad for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting with Cyberpunk. It's, I mean, I I, I feel this is like turning into the Cyberpunk uh, talk because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, it's because it's so cool, like. Sure, there are other games that are like open world RPGs, but I don't know if it's just the aesthetic won me over. Like Night Night City is like one of the coolest places to just walk around. I remember doing. I want to live there. I want to yeah. live in Night City. There, yeah. you know? I forget what the town was, but it's like the cul-de-sac area, kind of out. It's where the, it's the gang that's like the patriotic gang. I forget their name. Uh, but it's like kind of their their hideout. And I remember just being at night and it's just pouring down rain and you just have like the lights of like the street and the houses and then you see the glowing city in the background. It's like this is the coolest, this is the coolest game ever. Yeah. Like, and you have those Blade Runner synths going while you're yeah, doing yeah. it. It's like it's fucking I mean, cool. It's legitimate like I I even felt this too when it came out because I pl- I played it release day on my PC and my PC granted is not the best. It like can run the game at like medium settings at best, uh, but, but it still was like cool to just literally walk around and interact with everything. Look at all the detail they put into this. Look at all the like just ways to make an open world feel alive, you know, mm-hmm. and there, there's so many open world games where the world is so dead and like there's no life in it. And so, Night City feels alive in a way that few games have ever felt for me. And mm-hmm. I just now now I want to go play it again. It's like, damn, it's like talking about it. I want to go back and finish it. You'll you'll appreciate this. I was watching my friend play in a trap house mm-hmm. and he uh accidentally had sex with a dude. <laughs> he thought he thought he was gonna sell him something. He's like, Oh no, no, man, no, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no they put gay sex in the game <laughs> he's like what's this gay shit <laughs> i i love uh what are the term for the prostitutes i, I forget what their names are but they're oh, so like uh it's like skin bags or something I Some... forget. <laughs> yeah i love talking to them and i love just i love the fact that they put that in like and there's i think there's unique like cutscenes that play out for both interacting with the male and females like joy toys oh yeah joy toys oh i love that name by the way that's such a great name for just prostitutes skin uh, bags you should take that one <laughs> yeah skin bags write that down, actually yeah skin, skin bags, bags are trademarked uh but yeah uh, 
uh, Calvi, have you been playing anything or has it been Cyberpunk and Tomb Raider for you? Well, I've we've been reading a lot of uh, manga on mostly like on pirate sites and stuff. Mm -hmm. So even though I did download the Shonen Jump app, uh, but not everything's Shonen Jump. So, but on the on the pirate sites, you know, they got those. Uh, this game is guaranteed to make you come in five minutes. <laughs> so I've been playing a little bit of that. Uh, my major complaint is like the story is too good on them. And so like <laughs> I'll be spending like 17 hours. I'll be like 17 hours in and I still haven't, I still haven't busted. But I, <laughs> I have found out that like uh, the, so there's one where you, you're a child, you're a boy going through puberty. And uh, that's the big, that's like the setup. And you live with your grandma. And so your grandma walks in on you beaten off in the beginning and she goes what are you doing and you're like oh no nothing grandma nothing and she's like i can help you it's okay this is normal and <laughs> she takes her dentures out and uh <laughs> but i've just been working on like side quests mostly um <laughs> but, <All right. laughs> besides yeah besides that pretty much cyberpunk and tomb raider uh I tony <laughs> i can't with the grandma putting her tenders <laughs> so funny it's like here i'll help you back in the day you know i was known for my mean mouth they called me the throat goat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that reminds me of uh on Newgrounds, the old meet and fuck games where it was just like <laughs> where you would just literally would be a scenario and would just be like trying to like get the sec like get to sex at the very end it's like how fast can you do it like <laughs> those are the good old days yeah yeah those games were fun the new grounds also had like the no that was e-bombs world that had the punch osama bin laden in the face <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one was yeah that was fun there was another uh, one that was like defend the white house and you were you could play as george bush or condoleezza rice and you had mm -hmm. like dual wheeled uzis and you were just bah, 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 like terrorists that were coming i like the one that was like flappy bird but it was 9-11 so it was the towers <laughs> that you had to keep, keep flying through <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that that reminds me of um i remember it was on that podcast i was talking to you guys beforehand there was one guy he was telling a story about <laughs> he was like oh yeah so like when 9-11 happened i had to have a coping mechanism and mine was going into starcraft 2 and making a 9-11 simulator <laughs> where like <laughs> Granted, like in that game, you couldn't, you know, you build towers or anything. So you just have these like two huts and it's just like Tower A has been hit. It's like purposely <laughs> recreated 9-11 in StarCraft 2. <laughs> He's like, like, <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, that server was running for just like years upon years. And it's like, That's what the amazing. fuck are you doing? It's like, I, I'm trying to understand what's happened. Yeah, I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to pick up the pieces of my life. <laughs> I, I want to hold, I like, hold on, hope that StarCraft 2 has like a someone's made a still kept that server. Apparently, he said that server got ranked like, I don't know, I'm not sure how like StarCraft 2 online works, but it's like servers had like different ranks. And it's like he said that server got to gold rank, which meant it was really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, that gives me what, faith do you in hate the towers. Like, what yeah. do I don't know. I think I don't even think that he could defend the towers. I think he literally recreated 9-11 with StarCraft II assets. And he's just like, <laughs> this is my way of coping, guys. Like that was how I did it back in the day. <laughs> you can use coping as an excuse for anything, really. Yeah, true. I mean, You'd be like, I'm coping. I'm coping. I'm coping. Yeah. But the uh, he he is also a great person because he made a, a Newgrounds game called Ching Chong Beautiful, uh, <laughs> where it's a it's a it's a game set in Japan. Oh, I guess. <laughs> it's it, it's a, a game set in Japan where it's like this physics based fighting game or something. And then he's like, oh yeah, there's like a a level set in Nagasaki, and Nagasaki's in a crater. Like, oh. <laughs> and then he talked like, oh yeah, there's characters called Zipperheads. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's a that's 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 some uh old school racism oh yeah i'm, I'm here for it this we like were mid- talking about what was that it was mid, it was like mid 2000s i think when he made this yeah and didn't they call him that too because like in vietnam you'd shoot him in the head and it'd zip like that was the that, that's so, that was from. the only time that, that was the sound effect of a headshot back in the day <laughs> <laughs> i think i think he said the in his <laughs> reference, I think Zipperhead was when guys got their heads run over by tank treads. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> that sound, that sound, of, that sound effect is just boy, oh, oh, I miss. I want to do an episode of Newgrounds games. We just play all these like flash games back in the day that made me happy. Like, just, yeah, no, those are the days, man. Finding the, the adult section on Newgrounds, be like, oh, I'm what is all this? Boobs? Was mm-hmm. sex? Oh, mm-hmm. and I was like 10 oh, years goodness. old. It's like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, there was an 18 plus section. Yeah, and I was, it's, and it's I was still like, oh, damn, I can't go to there yet. Yeah, <laughs> my, <laughs> my mom's gonna see. I'm, a, I'm on my dad's computer, he's gonna know I went here. He's oh, my sh- dad was my dad was already filling that bitch up, he was, <laughs> he was just. He was going after. I didn't have to do shit. He's like, they're going to check the internet history. They're going to look at the search bar and said, Newgrounds, you know, big tits. <laughs> I would always forget to clear the cache. Delete the yeah. history, but not clear the cache. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was good times. Good time. I, I, I generally miss those errors, but I love hearing your guys' recent game uh, games you've been playing. It, uh yeah, I've been playing Scarlet Nexus too, as I said. I, I've been, I've been like, other than beating Tomb Raider as well. Like, I've been playing Gran Turismo Seven to fill my autism needs because I like racing. I like racing games. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand them. Uh, they're my, they're my, they're, they're my way of connecting with straight men because uh, I don't know many gay guys who are into cars. Uh, but I, Gran Turismo 7 is a lot of fun just because it's like this big, like it's a playable museum of cars. Like when you boot up the game, it has a nine minute long intro movie where it uses historical dot footage of cars throughout the last century interlaced with like big pop cultural moments. So you see like uh, the Beatles or you see like going to going to moon. It's it's so it's so japanese because it's made by japanese developers and there's some really weird choices that they would only make such as a time trial mode where instead of the seconds counting down like normal seconds the seconds are beats of a song so like you'll be racing 
on a track in like a 1960s Mercedes Benz as you're like listening to like Beethoven uh, trying to like go as far as you can or you have like a classic J-Rock song playing as you're like driving a Porsche like it's so random but it's so it's such a it's such a lovable thing like Gran Turismo has some bizarre choices such as the sixth game having you drive on the moon in the moon buggy in the moon rover like Hell they yeah. just included that they also included <laughs> go-karts like for some reason even though it's like what does this have to do with cars but it's like i just see those developers like it has everything to do with cars yeah it's got a motor it's got wheels <laughs> and you get to drive around in go-kart tracks so it's like well why not i guess um, oh fun story my the table saw that i own which is mm-hmm. a bit a big badass rolling uh table saw it uh i got it because i had access to a truck a friend's truck one day mm-hmm. um stole a go-kart took it <laughs> to this guy who was willing to trade for this table saw he didn't really need anymore so yeah. hey, you want a go-kart he said yeah i'll take a go-kart and so I gave him the go kart and took the table saw, and so that's how that's how you get free shit. This is how you. Fin- this is the finesse game. This is the finesse game. It's the finesse cast. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I, other than Gran Turismo Seven, I've been playing Killer Seven, which is like Agitator Core. Uh, Suda Fifty One is like you guys' aesthetic to a T. I think you guys would love his work. Um. What else? There's so I keep looking over at my game shelf and like, wow, I have too many now. Uh, <laughs> there's because you know it's just like, oh well, I see like, oh I see this copy of like, uh, what was something I bought recently? Oh God, there's too many. I'm losing track. I saw like this copy of Dead or Alive Three for five dollars. I'm like, well, getting it. Do I play the mm-hmm. Xbox much? No. It's like, well, I want to have Dead or Alive 3. Uh, I didn't even ever know about the third one. <laughs> there's, there's Dead or, I think it went up to six. Oh, no, wait. I was thinking of Dead Rising for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah Dead yeah, or Alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead Rising did go to four. Oh, uh, shit. And I played two. Two is fun. I remember playing two a lot when I was younger. I know three and four are like, not as good. Like Four tries to bring back Frank West and it's really bad um mm-hmm. but there's a whole whole, whole sort of like it, story behind why it wasn't good uh what else is there i'm just oh my god i can't do it there's too many <laughs> it's uh, but like i've been trying to get into more modern games lately just trying to get more of those and play more of those oh yeah i've been playing doom 64 recently which has been a lot of fun, just playing an old boomer shooter. Like, that's always just a fun time. Just I've like... been listening to the Doom soundtrack. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah me too. It's perfect. That's, that's my new writing music is uh, Rip and Tear. <laughs> and, you know, like, he comes on, the, the voice comes on, and it's like, he was the demon slayer and the hell walker. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck, bro. I'm about to write. I'm about right. to write my ass off. Oh yeah, that that composer Mick Gordon, he his music raises the doom the modern Doom games to another level. I think it's like, like a Slipknot. It's like a Slipknot album that should have been. 
right? Yeah. Like I, he, I feel like he took that big, like new metal corn slipknot sound and actually moved it forward, right? Because mm-hmm. it kind of has like slick, uh, Skrillexy kind of production, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's designed to be to adapt to how you play, right? Yeah. Like the music will come in whenever. Yeah. So I've, it's impossible for me to write to <laughs> lyrics, you know, like I, it has to just be music, but I also need something that really goes. Mm-hmm. So video game soundtracks have really filled that. Oh yeah. Void. They're, they're, they're wonderful. I mean, uh, Mick Gordon's work on the Wolfenstein modern games is great. I love the song Blatsko kill the Nazis is such a great mm-hmm. song uh his work on doom eternal is great and then he's also attached to a game coming out in a few weeks uh atomic heart uh and there's like one song he did where it's like combining like this russian ballerina with like hard you know slipknot music and it's like this is exactly what i wanted i didn't even know i needed it hell yeah that's sick uh yeah so i i'm excited for atomic heart there's so many games coming out there's Atomic Heart, the Dead Space remake turned out to be actually good, actually great, which I did it not see so, coming. Yeah, like I, I was pessimistic about it because it was EA, and I don't trust EA. But it's like, nope, they actually kept everything, modernized it to be good. They added the right things to it, and I, I was like genuinely shocked that that was good. There's Atomic Heart. There's Yakuza Inch Inch Ishin. Which oh, I want that one. That's on my wish list. Yeah, that, that one's one, so good. That one looks sick because it's the they're finally porting one of those Japanese only Yakuza games to the West. Finally, uh, what's that Chinese one? It's like, like Wushu or Wosha. That uh, one's on my on my list too. You know what I'm talking about? It looks I think so. like it looks Wukong? like kind of like a something like that. It looks like a Romance of the Three Kingdoms game. It might but... be. I think it's called Wukong or something. Yeah, that one looks yeah, but... sick too. Then there's Resident Evil 4 remake is coming out in March. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 in June. Final Fantasy remake uh, part two at the end of the year. Like there's, there's a new so... Need for Speed game coming out that looks like it's more underground aesthetics mixed with like some uh, anime. Oh visuals. yeah, that was a that that came out uh, Unbound. Oh, it did unbound oh, yeah it's a uh, that one looks interesting because that's the return of criterion the the old burnout studio they they brought them back from the dead basically to make that uh, and that one looks interesting like that uh, i i kind of like the sort of anime like visual effects that they overlay on these like realistic cars it feels it feels right actually like it, it at first I was kind of like questioning it, but I was like, that actually seems kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. add some flair to racing games. Cause these are like realistic cars in like a realistic city. It's like, well now when you jump in the air and now your car gets like these like pencil drawn wings as it's flying <laughs> through the air. Or, you know, when you boot you, like when you drift, you see like lines around the tires and like this big, like purple smoke cloud or like green smoke cloud. It's like really cool. Oh, yeah. I, I'll wait for that to get a price drop. The ah, there's there's cool there's cool games coming out now again. I was like, damn, it finally took forever. Um, and obviously, whenever I, my my ass is seated, seated and waiting for DS2, that was announced while uh, for, between our both episodes. Uh, can't wait for mm-hmm. DS2. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I'm definitely going to be there for that one. I have, I have to assume that's not going to hit us until 2025. Next year. No, next year. Really? I think, I mean, 2025 probably could happen, but I think it'll be next year, end of next year. I think mm-hmm. they have all the stuff that they made from the first game. So it's not like, Oh, Hey, we got to build everything from the ground up again. True. So, I was weeping during that trailer too. Like I was watching that and they were playing the, the kind of the last song from the game over it. And I was just like, and then there's a dude who's got like a, a Troy guitar Baker, and a mask. Robot yeah, Troy yeah. Baker with a guitar singing the lyrics. And I was like, let's fucking go. I was super <laughs> yeah, stoked. We were, we were back and forthing that night. That's we right. Just... We were, we were chatting. I was fucked up. I yeah, was me like, too. Sick. And then Sam, you were like, it is sick it was a it, we we broke out it was fun yeah it's that the game awards are one night legitimately where it's exciting to see new things such as like armor core 6 the new fromsoft game oh yeah i forgot that's also this year too uh i think i think uh one of the funniest moments in that conversation was when halsey came on to do her performance for <laughs> diablo 3 and i think i I, te- I was like why is this chick so into the devil and you're like well I believe it's for the game Diablo. <laughs> Satan's kind of their thing. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's cool, like cool. Halsey has fallen so low that she has to do a video game award show performance. Man, she can <laughs> fall on my face. She can she can blow on my Diablo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I like the idea of trying to like like, oh, okay. So we got the game Diablo, we got Halsey can suck my dick if you know that would that would be a good game you know just (laughs) i probably wait for a price drop yeah we won't pay 70 dollars for that one no a cool 20 i mean oh yeah 20 dollars for halsey sure (laughs) i just want to know is it turn-based or is it a action action? not waiting my turn it's a farm simulator (laughs) Uh, could you you imagine it'd be sick it'd be great Uh, anyways um i guess i uh i want to transition into our uh the first part of tonight which is uh women's business and why three men are getting into it sort of thing uh but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last week was with two gay men. Now it's with two straight men and a gay guy again. So hey, we're 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 picking apart. Which this. We're diversifying. Yeah, <laughs> I have to get all sexualities on here. <laughs> but um, you know, last week Stephen and I were getting at to sort of like the female playable character question because that's sort of been like this like boogeyman that has lingered over the industry because gaming is for the boys the bros and the dudes sort of thing and everyone's just saying we need more female characters and whatnot and laura came on the scene in the 90s and kind of changed everything you know she was a bombshell and they played into her sex appeal she was on commercials she was selling everything they had a model being her Rona Mitra, she got her own movies in like six years. Like she she took over the world immediately. And in many ways, she was like the perfect character, you know, back then and still now. But now tying into the three games we're talking about, which are the reboot trilogy, it's a very different 
take on Laura and there's very different female characters nowadays. So I guess the question for you guys is how, you know, the female question of games in the modern day, you know, where do, how do we approach this topic? How do we approach this question of the, the feet, the women question? <laughs> they, need, they need thicker cake. <laughs> I mean, there we go. That's all we need. They need, they need fat ass, big when tits. I, when I heard that GTA 6 was going to be this Bonnie and Clyde thing and there was going to be a Latina, I was like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm woke again. It's like, I support the Latinas. I support. <laughs> I I hope that GTA 6, that female character, I just kind of wanted her to be an AOC parody, but I don't know if they would do that, but female characters in the modern day are very you see the formula where it's down from the visuals to what they do to what games they're in i mean i can think you know laura is unique in her own way of this past decade but i think of like how every female character they all have like the buzzed hair on the side with like the hair going this way yes, and they're like yeah. we're taking action bro buddies you know this they is have a- my haircut <laughs> <laughs> but but they have like some sort of color in their hair they have like purple hair or blue hair in there mm-hmm. they they remove any sort of womanity i guess you could say from these characters where it feels like this was that these are like male characters, but they had to like place them in. They're like placeholders, being like, "See, here's our woman character." Uh, I think of like Saints, the recent Saints Row, where it's like the main character that they were advertising was like this, uh, like this black girl who's got a punk haircut and she's just so cool and she's making edgy jokes about you know healthcare and all this stuff it's like oh lord i'm gonna <laughs> kill myself <laughs> like i there's so what's many, the healthcare joke i they're just like i hope this job has you know healthcare you know healthcare included in in my coverage or stuff like that oh, after you kill somebody it's yeah. like oh yeah, or if you like got all insurance these, yeah it's like is this covered under my plan or whatever it's like all mm, retar- it's mm. all retarded jokes like i hate yeah. i everyone hated the saints row reboot it was insulting especially someone who played saints row one two and three like yeah they so- were like made for me and yeah now it's, and it's, now, yeah it's the kelby simulator it's the kelby simulator <laughs> just like eminem <laughs> exactly i mean it i look at all these like modern games and they all feel the same and and they all look the same with their like female characters. And I'm here. I want, you know, obviously I want like Laura to be old Laura. Like I want her like unreal, just her like ridiculously snatched waist with her like double D breasts and like booty cargo shorts with double pistols. Like that's the dream. That's like all I want. Or I want like, bayonetta in like skin tight latex suit like just dancing her heart out and just like constantly wanting wanting to bone everyone like i've always loved that i i love playing into like the female of these characters and i see all these modern games and you you saw like a change too like 2013 15 2013, 14, 15, 16, you saw a shift. Like after this, we get a game like Horizon Zero Dawn with that with 
Aloy, that that uh, blank slate of a of a character that has no personality other than she has a bow. Like, is she the one with dreadlocks? Yeah, the orange dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd fuck her. <laughs> I'll leave her to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but like, you know what I mean? It's like she's epic woman doing the thing, and she's not here for the boys and the men. She's, she, you know, she's independent woman. It's like girl bossing is like kind of the, the yeah, medium now. Yeah, I think that's what everybody's really annoyed with, right? Is They're the... all lesbians too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all it. Well, David Simon when he made the wire he had a female cop named kima and mm-hmm. he came out and said eventually like look i don't know how to write women so i basically just made her a dude uh <laughs> but she's a, like she's even a lesbian you know uh just to make that easier um uh, and it kind of seems like you could update that for 2023 but men and women are now included but they just don't know how people talk anymore like how actual like real people are um and of course video games are fantasy they're not Mm -hmm. real people they're not supposed to talk like real people but they're not all supposed to if you're gonna pick things from reality to put detail into your character like why would you pick the worst twitterfied bullshit to do that with you know Mm -hmm. what i mean people are interesting but yeah and there are uh See my personal thing, right? Because I'm thinking about Forspoken and some of oh, yeah, the those clips that I've seen. And uh, I, I, it's so interesting to read the comments on those posts where somebody will just post a clip and they'll be like, "Bro, look at this shit." <laughs> and all the quotes are like dudes who are like, "I don't see the problem. I don't see what's wrong with this." <laughs> and to which I think, "Oh, yeah, you know, the, you like what you like. That's that's totally fine." Like, <laughs> oh, that's a thing that just happened. I um, guess I have powers now. And then the British guy is like, uh, you're talking cuff. Smirky, dirky, burky, dirky. And she's like, oh, stop talking to me. I, and he's like, no, you stop talking to me. And I'm like, I want to fucking kill myself after two <laughs> minutes of this shit. Yeah. It forespoken. Oh my God. Uh, my biggest thing is that it just looks boring. Like, I, it just looks like yeah, a yeah. boring game. But like, somebody put them next to Assassin's Creed, like Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed uh, uh, Unity or something. Unity. Unity. Yeah. And they're like, Unity looks better. Yeah. <laughs> and Unity, that's from 2014. Yeah. Unity is amazing looking. It was so ahead of its time. But the, the Forspoken is such a great example of just like a modern woman character, a modern game in general, because it's like, they're trying, I mean, everyone, at least the people, you know, who were replying on my feed and putting their two cents in, it's like, you know, it's the marvelication of dialogue and characters. And it's, I mean, it's true, but it's just like, they turn this girl, I think her name is Frey, is the girl's character name. And very common name for a black girl, actually. Yeah, Frey. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, I, they're trying to make her dare like they try to just make her reddit to me like it has like a yeah. reddit tone to her she's so epic bacon awesome and she's so relatable she's just like you or she's a girl you know but she's so cool like yeah i just the fuck that that one clip of her she's like i just i just shot this with my mind 
I just shot mm-hmm. thing with my freaking mind. It's like, oh my god, I want to put like ice picks in my ears. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, I I can't stand it when I, these characters are robots and they don't use the fact that they are games. Like use this medium to do something wild. Like you know, just you know, for a teaser. Next episode after this is Bayonetta. Bayonetta is over the top, extreme. You know, literally the fantasy of the creator. You know, clearly he has a type of woman he is horny for. Sarah you know, Palin. Yeah, Sarah Palin. You know, <laughs> a fun detail is that he wanted the glasses on her from the get go and would not budge. He's like, the glasses are staying on, and I'm going to put glasses on every character to to screw with the publisher to saying you're not taking glasses off my character, off my like my dream woman. And you see his dream woman is an eight foot tall Sarah Palin who like, you know, bust down pussy out and is British and just like literally wants to like bone every guy she sees. It's like, well, I, there's a reason why she's so fun and lovable and, you know, people begged for her to have a game, you know, Bayonetta three, like people were begging her, you know, to have that third game. You know, despite it being a relatively minorly niche game, like everyone cares about Bayonetta. Everyone cares about just this over the top presentation of a character. And I think that that's why people, I feel like people are getting tired of the modern game character in a way. Like they want, they want a return to something just lavishly okay with itself being extreme in some Mm -hmm. regard like that hi-fi rush game being just over the top anime inspired you know comic book manga style with like uh characters who all love rock music and just want to take down the bad robot company like and these characters who are you know they talk like you know they they're very caricaturized and they talk you know they talk very goofy and, you know, very charming, but people love that game, you know, which came out yesterday as of this recording, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. or heck, even if you want to like give a realistic example of a modern game in which people were upset, look at quiet from metal gear solid five, where, you know, people were upset about her design. Cause she's in like a ripped up bikini and people just couldn't take the fact. And, I think Kojima knew that quiet or uh, quiet made people mad. So he's like, well, if you learn the story, you'll feel, you'll feel bad criticizing her, <laughs> which, you know, her, she's, actually, her, she's dressed that way because of trauma. Yeah. She's, she, you know, she, she got a parasite that if she talks, she will die. And so she breathes through her skin. It's like, no, like Kojima wanted a sniper rifle waifu. Yeah, like that's yeah, all yeah. He, he he's just making. You're touching on it though. You're 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 touching on the. So this, to my mind, this Redditification of dialogue and the girl boss attitude, and what people want to return to instead of that, dovetails really nicely with the conversation that's going on right now about AI art, where you can look at AI art and it can look cool. I've seen some AI art that looks pretty cool, mm-hmm. but what makes human beings interesting and what makes art interesting is that you're seeing a person's fetishes and weirdness and impulses 
put into a game and you're being su- subjected to them, even if it's not your thing. So Kelby and I are currently reading Gaunt's mm-hmm. and that motherfucker loves titties so much. He loves titties. So- like there's literally, uh, there's like Sadako from the ring. There's Laura Croft's in the game. Like, yeah. This is basically Laura Croft. Um, and every issue has like a pinup girl as its opening thing for no reason. Just because, because we're going to put big titties in this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And when you read Gaunt's hyper-violent, it's graphic, sexual, uh, really cool monsters, whatever. But the thing is, is that um, you can feel a human being behind all that. And when you mm-hmm. say reddification of dialogue, the reason why that's, I think, annoying is is not because people, quote unquote, people don't talk that way but because people have started to talk that way and it feels uncanny and inhuman to, to speak that way. We've all met the black anime girl who talks like this. I have personally, and it's fucking weird because she's talking like a cartoon. So we're, we're several Xerox copies down the line of life imitating art to the Mm -hmm. point that it feels synthetic and wrong to have characters be that self-referential that Reddit. And just like, just every once in a while, you just want somebody like the little robot guy to, and she's like, shut up, bitch. You yeah. Know, like just <laughs> so, something like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's all, that's all. I, there's something inorganic about this, this kind of thing. And that ties into women being in positions of power. It's not natural. So <laughs> when, when that happens in games, it feels like, oh, why, why is this? She should be naked. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah when you can change outfits at camp i was like oh shit yeah this is a good upgrade this is a good upgrade to the whole <laughs> system and then uh but you never see her take them off so i was like, yeah the fuck yeah so just wear the same the, shit. the illusion the illusion of what you want uh but that's a great point it feels like it feels like in a way a very like the digital becomes the real becomes the digital and the digital becomes real. And it's like the going through a different filter and it comes out and it's just like, kind of like ill for like too perfect, too clean or whatever. And so then it kind of like clashes with what we understand and all that. And it I wants think, to be liked too much too. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah, it, it wants you to, it's like this simpering little fuck boy who wants you to like him, you know, like, Hey girl, I think you're so mm-hmm. great. And nobody likes that. People prefer assholes who just say what they mean because at least you know they're being real. Forspoken to me, having not played one second of it, and I never yeah. will. <laughs> I never it, will either. It's it seems uh, it seems like the most please like me game I've ever seen in oh, my yeah. entire life. It it's such yeah. I mean, it's a game trying to be for everyone. So it has to cover every broad strokes thing you could ever want. And therefore it has to do every broad strokes checkbox thing you ever could think of in order to, you know, appease the modern audience. And then I look at something, you know, for example, because you mentioned it earlier, it's like Devil May Cry 5, the two the two main or I guess three main characters of that, the female characters in that game one is trish and trish is like in you know uh uh, latex like pants and a like two you know just a barely there uh bra and she's like a mommy type and she's like you know cold and uh 
kind of dismissive of just like things that are happening to the characters. It's like, she's cool or lady, you know, she's like the, you know, weapons expert and all this stuff. And she's like, she's coy and playful and has a heart and all that stuff. And then there's, uh, uh, what's her name? Nico, you know, the wep the weapons girl. And she's like a total fucking crazy person who's like openly saying, Oh yeah, this devil horns making me horny. Because it mm -hmm. means I can make a new weapon out of it. And she loves like building things. Like th those feel from like a creator's point of view and they feel organic coming from somebody. And as a result, like I, I you know, I've played Devil May Cry. And so I, these characters, except for Nico, you know, Lady and Trish, I come to love, you know, through the series and their different iterations. But they feel like real characters that some guy was just like well i want this woman in my game because that is what i want to see and this is what i want to hear all that sort of stuff so i mean and sex is important too obviously yeah. you know when you are really when you can't go to the gym without some dead-eyed psychopath filming you and claiming that you're looking oh, yeah. at her even though she's clearly dressed to be looked at and you're not allowed to go on dating apps because if you say the wrong thing, you might get screenshotted and put on blast in front of everybody. Like Kelby and I are lucky because we're married. So we're out of the <laughs> game and I would never want to be back in the game. God forbid. And so, but like, and then you, you see, you know, books, <clears throat> whether it's YA fiction or ostensibly books for grownups, like mm -hmm. they're, they really police sex there too. The yeah. only genre that isn't really policed is romance and erotica because it's in the name. It's like the porn, like all the all the sex is just like put into the porn category. So if you want sex, you go to Pornhub or mm -hmm. you read erotica, but you don't include sex in your in your games. And that when there's nowhere for this energy to go, right? When mm -hmm. men can't just be simple, horny fuckers who like big boobs and big asses and pretty girls yeah. and naked girl and girls who like to fuck and girls who you know look at demon horns and get horny from them if they can't <laughs> see if they can't see their their sexuality played out in front of them you it gets sublimated and you mm -hmm. start to need a place for it to go right yeah like where where can i go that's safe where my kind of sexuality is accepted and unfortunately in our modern time on twitter and shit like that sex gets sublimated into you know uh, uh your your trauma and the things that that define you as a person in terms of the way that you look the way that you identify the things that happened to you in the past your relationship to power that struggle all that sexual energy goes into uh like a twitter thread or a reddit thread and you end up with a bunch of fucking perverts so you need to let it out in games or it will get weird yeah that that's so true i mean games as far back as you can go have been a boy's thing and so it's just a fact and it's just, it's just yeah true. it's just a fact and when the medium that has been so dedicated to men you know all the ages and suddenly now it's restricting the sort of thing that naturally occurs in every guy the you know the wanting the wanting to be like titillated and uh aroused by their media when you take that away it's suddenly you know there's a soul there's like a soulless quality to it where it's like corporate approved has to go through all these sort of like 
approved ideas of what should be in this media and you know it doesn't help in a way that games because people want games to be treated more seriously they have to quote remove that because you know that's just that was the old boys club thing sort of thing and as a result I, you see a lot of people online you know gamers who are retreating or going to basically being japanese game game players only because japan is still churning that out to some degree where the west is pretty much absent of that sort of experience and you know that's why you see so many games like i think there's like this there's like a series called oni chambara which is like a game full of like just anime girls in like skimpy outfits and you know you're fighting you know you're just doing like fighting and all that stuff or center kagura which is another sort of game in that vein you know people are going to those and seeking those experiences out instead of just you know because the the west is almost like you know basically wipe that from their collective creative palette i guess because it's it's very interesting to see gamers you know as they've you know we've gone through the whole gamergate scandal you know which was centered around women and now we're like retreating or we're like going to the east to get that fix because they're still the only ones who make games with that angle i guess taking our sex tours through the orient yeah Yeah, right yeah (laughs) it's a classic time-honored tradition gamers lost gamergate by the way yeah no they they lost they lost hard they lost yeah. super hard, and Which is um, sad. Which is sad. It, it is sad. And it, if it, it, when you're in a troll war or a flame war, nobody thinks about it. It's the fog of war, right? Yeah. But if Gamergate, you know, and I don't want to, because some of that shit's really funny. And I think, like <laughs> Anita Sarkeesian is just like, oh, like I think she's like person. She's like, but the, like, she's a camp if, icon to me. If she, if 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 it had been played if there was ever a discussion about the issues instead of just like, you know, I'm going to swat your house, (laughs) the the, the gamers might've stood a chance, but when you're in a war, here's what people don't know, right? I'm going to say something that sounds woke, but it's really not. Women are better at this kind of thing than men because they invented like shame and the whisper network. Yeah. And when you're in a war of feeling ashamed about things, if your opponent is women, they're undefeated. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not you're not going to win that way. The only thing you can do and what the gamers should have done is they should have taken a tip from an old married guy. They should have just <laughs> nodded their heads and said, yes, honey, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> and then just did whatever they're going to do anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's a fair point. I mean, gamer, it's it's sad because like I think of so many games of the past I mean, Tomb Raider is a great example. I mean, look at Laura back in the day and Laura modern day, and you see the sort of like, quote unquote, fixes that had to be done to her in order to get her like viewed as a serious character. Are, are they saying that the bitches with big tits can't be serious? I guess so. I mean, they, they were just saying, you know, in, in the critical mind, they were saying, you know, Laura's just a, you know, her proportions are too unrealistic and she couldn't be doing backflips and all that stuff. She's just there to, you know, 
be a sex object. And I was like, well, never thought about that. That's kind of yeah. true. Yeah, like they said, her boob, they said her boobs are too big, therefore she can't do backflips. She would like injure herself because yeah. like they're so heavy. And it's like, well, yeah, she's well, really strong. Yeah, she's got you know she's got big legs. She's got big quads. You know, I think they should have mm-hmm. just updated the physics system to have them to show the like you know yeah flow just jiggle physics of, yeah. Yeah, it should have been like Tony Hawk when you're grinding a rail and you have to keep the meter, right? When you do a backflip, <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you have to keep the meter steady or your yeah. titties yeah, boob, flop in your face yeah, and you get meter. spiked through the chest. Yeah, the boob yeah. meter. You got to have that in the game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Laura, Laura, you know, they, you know, you can even look at the Legend trilogy, you know, Underworld and Legend and Anniversary, which were still in the vein of, you know, Laura can still be this like bombshell, you know, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though the tone is much more dark and realistic, she's still in her cargo shorts. She's still in like a, you know, basically a skin tight shirt. And she mm-hmm. still like basically looks like Angelina Jolie in a way. Like she's still what she has always been she's she's like a a, a kick-ass blow-up doll and people <laughs> but like you know you look at the reboot trilogy and now she's a girl who has to learn to be a survivor you know she has to grow into the character that we all know her to be she has to make mistakes and endure trauma and death and all this stuff we have to make her serious to she understand has to earn the tits yeah, she has to earn her double Ds in mm-hmm. order to be. I liked her yeah. more as a cold-blooded psychopath. I liked <laughs> that about her. I liked mm-hmm. that she was a cold from the very first game when little you know Pancho Villa, whoever gets eaten by wolves, like, <laughs> and she and she doesn't care. Yeah, and she's just like, hmm, okay, like that's a perfect character introduction. She's a, she's a, she's supposed to be a crazy rich psychopath who steals shit from temples. That's yeah. That's the pitch, right? And yeah. uh, although I did, I do really like these games. But I I did, oh yeah, saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think we'll just you know, us three great. love the reboot trilogy. I think we, you, you know, you see the invisible hand over the series. But I still think you know the reboot trilogy turned out better than it probably could have been in the, in different hands. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I hope you know because. Crystal Dynamics, the main developers of the reboot trilogy, said that you know they've confirmed that a new game is being made, and they said that they're going to go to a more seasoned Laura, an older Laura, you know, kind of in the vein of the old Laura, and they're going to combine all the timelines some way to sort of make a singular vision of her. And you know, I think the fact that they even included those old skins in Shadow, I think, is a sign that maybe they don't feel as embarrassed by having like, you know, you mm-hmm. know, the old Laura again, we'll see it's, you know, it's still early. We don't know, but I think to sort of wrap up this part of the discussion, I think game creators should just be horny and just do what they want to do and have no shame about it. And just mm-hmm. do what you said, David's just like, yes, honey. And then just keep doing mm-hmm. what they want to do. I mean, I think that's... And then when they complain, just turn it off. It's the <laughs> fucking Tyler the Creator quote. It's like, right. how are you going to get cyberbullied? Just close your eyes. Yeah, like just close when the, the computer. When the, when the women come out and they start to to yell at you, you just turn the computer off, go do something else. And then you're like, are they are they done? 
And then when they're done, you're like, okay, cool. I'm getting back to work. Exactly. And it, I think that's literally the perfect way to sum it up. So I think this is a great way to segue into the first reboot game, which is Tomb Raider 2013. I forgot to mention that I was playing Max Payne the other day. Max Payne is a, it's one of the coolest franchises, period. Yeah, it needs to come back. Well, they're they're remaking the first one. Uh, Hell yeah, let's go. And the the studio that made the first one is remaking it. Hell yeah. So that's what's up. And I think the the I forget if he was the director, but the writer Sam Lake whose face is max in the first game mm-hmm. that that famous you know smirk he does that's sam lake the writer they just put his face on the character model <laughs> he's like oh yeah we're doing this you know we're doing full ground reboot you know we're gonna do this is gonna be the real deal i'm like this is so exciting Ryan told doing... us that when he uh, puts us in american bulgaria when he runs our interview he's gonna make me max pain but fat <laughs> oh that's like, right you were, you were part of that yeah right? i was i was the liaison for that back that's, right. yeah. that's yeah. when i was texting you to tell him that he was i love doing childish shit. back it was so funny i was like i think he was uh, just was, like no tell him he's gay i was just like ryan said you're gay and i don't live in oklahoma and then you're like well you got as then it's like, oh yeah, David said, "Well, you got me there" or something. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I was like playing telephone between you two. So funny to just do touch childish shit. It's like <laughs> exactly, just to but... act like you're eight and you can't just message somebody. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh god, no, I, I love Ryan to bits. Uh, me too. I, I can't wait to have him on because we're doing each episode is one of the games so it's like one episode is on one one episode is on two and then the third is on the third one the third one is amazing it's so it's on i mean it's 
it's way more dark, way more violent, and it's just got this like like layer of Vaseline and sleaze to it. It's so amazing. I mean, it's one I gotta of play three. I played one and two. I've never played three. Three, I don't three's on the PS3 and 360 and the PC. Um I feel like the PC is probably the best way to play it because the game's the game's on the difficult side and it was clearly made for a mouse and keyboard. Uh mm-hmm. aiming on a console is kind of hard, but I got through it on a PS3 back in the day, so it's like, you know, it's doable. It's just gotta be ready mm-hmm. for a good challenge. Mm-hmm. But you know, you've played Dark Souls and Elden Ring and all that, so you're you're accustomed to challenge. Season gamer. Exactly. That's why I have to go hard mode on like everything because Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm so excited for Ar- Armor Core 6. That was that trailer might be like the most raw thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like um like from soft's infinite budget for their trailers, like that. I, I I was just I knew it was coming because they it had been leaked earlier in the year last year that Armor Core Six was happening. Uh, There's like gameplay screenshots leaked online, so I was like, okay, when are they gonna reveal it? Like, come on, it's gonna you know we're almost at the end of the year. Like, and then they just you know drop that like megaton of a trailer on you, and the fact that it's coming out this year, hopefully, maybe who knows if FromSoft will delay it. Um, but I'm I'm excited. You know, the director is the one who did Sekiro. Uh, Miyazaki's got like minor involvement in it, so I'm interested to see what they do with it. They said it's not Armored Souls. Uh, you know, yeah. it's not it's not going to play like Dark Souls. It's going to play like an Armored Core game. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, excited. We need a good mech game. Yeah, mech games are sorely needed. Like. They were they were in an old they were an old genre. There's there's one mech game that I highly recommend people play because you can actually play it on the internet archive. Uh, it's called Omega Boost. Um, it's by the developers of Gran Turismo. Uh, to go off earlier, and it's a mixture of on rails shooting in the vein of like Panzer Dragoon. If you guys have heard of that. Mm-hmm. I had I had pants and then food. and then the aesthetics are in the style of like uh, mech anime from like the late early the late eighties early nineties like Macross I think is the anime inspiration. Uh, is it called Me- Omega Supreme? Omega Boost. Um, Boost. It, it's the only non-racing game that studio has ever made because they just basically made Gran Turismo their entire existence racing games but this is like the one time they didn't I do it i remember this game i yeah, remember it's, this game it's fantastic it's such a good game yeah. i want to get a copy of it because it's like it's not it's not horrible to like 60 to get a ps1 copy um but yeah you can play it for free on the internet archive uh like someone emulated oh, yeah. it to run on a computer like That's which is tight. so cool uh i highly recommend everyone play that um but yeah so the first game of discussion is Tomb Raider 2013 uh, came out as pretty obvious in 2013 on March 5th, 2013. It was a PS3, Xbox 360 uh, game back in the day. It was ported later on to like PS4, you know, PS4 Xbox One, you name it. Uh, it was the reboot 
of the series for Crystal Dynamics after the Legends trilogy. Uh, and they wanted to take Laura Croft in a much more quote unquote like realistic way where Laura is this is a younger Laura who is trying to learn to become the legend uh, the game uses the phrase a survivor is born uh, frequently like she's a survivor and all this sort of like inspirational like she's got a rise up moment uh, the game is uh, honestly <laughs> shocking to play yeah. I remember playing it when it came out like I remember what one of my friends I mentioned about her last week but I had a friend uh, she had an older sister who was a diehard Tomb Raider fan and we we were all very ex you know excited to play this new Laura because it was such a wildly different interpretation of her it was much more it was the first M-rated Tomb Raider game too it was much more dark it was very violent very aggressive and all this stuff it was very shocking to experience back in 2013 and it's still pretty shocking to experience now like mm -hmm. the fact that the in the beginning i i posted this earlier uh the first in the first five minutes of the after you press the uh, start button in the game laura drowns almost twice she's uh she gets clean clocked in the face uh knocking her out she gets she basically sets herself on fire to get out of a trap. And then she gets punctured in the stomach by a rusty bar. And like, that's the first five minutes of this game. And I'm just like, this is like, it, it's like borderline survival horror in a way. Mm -hmm. Like you just mm -hmm. like these, these environments are littered with scrap metal, uh, dead bodies, skeletons, all these vicious animals that want to kill Laura. And, Laura is this like not exactly helpless but she's definitely scared of her mind she's constantly moaning and crying and watching all of her friends who came on her with on this expedition die off and you're just like this girl is being like practically tortured for like 15 hours and you see her become like this bloody psychopath who will do anything to save her friends and it's one of the most memorable experiences i had back then in 2013 and it's still stuck with me for so long so i wanted your guys's uh input you know what did you think of tomb raider 2013 i booted it up and started playing in front of the three-year-old and uh, he quickly loved it. And I also quickly was like, well, shit, uh, he's not going to let me stop playing this. <laughs> this was probably not the thing to show him. Um, but because, uh, yeah, I just let my kid tell me what to do. But <laughs> <laughs> that that opening and I, I like I said, I play everything on the hardest difficulty and I'm not a super gamer. So mm -hmm. like I will make it through like just guts style, like Grin and Barrett. But uh I died a whole lot off mm -hmm. the jump and the ways that you can die. Oh my God. Yeah, they're so violent. <laughs> yeah, I got crushed by a boulder. Like the thing, the things outside of the, like, this is going to happen to you. This is part of the game. Yeah. The, the ways that I died by like, this is like, I fucked up, get crushed by a boulder and my brains just splatter everywhere. Exactly. And... <laughs> it's so, I, 
like Tomb Raider in the past was not afraid to have some like you know grisly deaths you know Laura would like fall off a cliff and break her neck or mm. she get turned to stone and all this sort of stuff and it's like Tomb Raider 2013 has extremely violent ways of seeing Laura die like one of the common things that happens to Laura she gets stabbed through the neck either by like pipes or tree branches like she gets you know like you said she gets crushed by a boulder and you see her head like gets squished it's uh or she gets just like killed gang style like by these like ruthless like animalistic men that roam the island it's, yeah they grab her by the hair and cut her throat and shit yeah like, it, if, it's, if you die you really fucking die in this game yeah it like on one hand it, what a way to emphasize that this game is rated m like yeah, this is not your this is not your daddy's tomb raider anymore this is a this is a gritty dark and scary tomb raider but yeah i mean david do you have any thoughts on your first experiences with tomb raider 2013 well i loved it i you know i basically rip off video games now as we mm-hmm. said earlier that's how i write so i'm i'm working on a tomb raider esque series right now because again if the world already exists i just do it and then change the name make the cities <laughs> bigger I, mean, yeah, I, mean, just, I had to i had to go back in and fix a few things that uh, <laughs> but i when i started up the game i too was shocked and it triggered a memory when i opened it because i do remember 10 years ago the controversy about the violence in this game i remember oh, yeah. the the Kotaku Jezebel uh, Gawker media style articles about like, is this okay? Yeah. Is this all right. Is it okay to see women treated like this? Because that's the way that the conversation was framed 10 years ago. A lot of people don't remember this. They were okay. essentially saying like, okay guys, this is, uh, this is maybe a little over the top and I'm not a huge fan of seeing women get manhandled like this. And it's very rapey. Right. Oh like yeah. I mean, you, there's the literal like basically rape scene in the game too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if you go on Pornhub and look up Laura Croft, because I was looking for <laughs> cosplay one night, <laughs> uh, a lot of people took those scenes and just like turned them into sex scenes. Right. Oh so yeah. The, those the nude models. those exist. Yeah. Yeah. But they like you know technology's come a long way, <laughs> and and there's some there's some pretty intense uh, shit on there that I may or may not have viewed. <laughs> but the um so that was kind of the conversation around the game it was a big deal you can we'll get to rise and shadow but they definitely toned that down for the other games but mm-hmm. what what got me is that i grew up as a huge indiana jones fan and mm-hmm. this game kind of a long death stranding did something similar to me actually where in death stranding you know you're walking along this desolate landscape and it was just a world that I enjoyed being in. I liked listening to low roar as I walked up a, you know, kind of volcanic piece of rock or trudged through the snow. Mm-hmm. And similarly with Tomb Raider 2013, uh, I'm obviously a huge fan of Japanese aesthetics. Yeah. So the fact that this took place on an island in Japan and you had the Oni, the samurai, mm-hmm. uh, and all like the temples with like the big Buddhas and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, aesthetically it was incredible and i i wanted not just to play the game in that world but to live in that world like i want to live on that island 
essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to join the cult. Yeah, let let me in. I'm like that meme with Eric Andre. Uh, But the other thing uh, that I noticed, and I had not played the Uncharted games, so I know that I know that this is something that might have been less revolutionary for um, for -hmm. other gamers. I love the climbing system. Yes, I I really liked the camera angles and the sense of scale and danger when you're climbing things, and when shit is just falling apart, it has some of the best, you know, escape from a collapsing temple. Yeah, scenes. Yeah, frank frankly, out of the trilogy of games, that or first one has airplane them. or yeah, yeah, crashing airplanes or climbing up that radio tower and that's shit falling one, apart. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole freaking game is that whole yeah. fight before it and then climbing to the tower. Like, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. it it's um, Tomb Raider. The reboot trilogy is very much inspired by Uncharted. You know, and it's not. To, it's not even in like to say like Uncharted. You know, there's a very big toss like Uncharted versus Tomb Raider. It's like who does it better? And I don't think that's necessarily the point. I think games are should be and encouraged to see what other games are doing well and seeing well what can we do better. You know, mm-hmm. Uncharted is a very Hollywood, razor tight, very. It's almost kind of inspired by Firefly. Uh, it's good quippy, right? Like yeah, it's, it's good it's, quippy. That's a, yeah, it's, it's a good example of good quippy. Where Forspoken is an awful example of good of quippy. But you know, Uncharted is a very you know it's a linear experience. It's uh it's very reliant on set pieces. The gunplay is a mu- a lot more simple. It's very it's inspired. It was inspired by like Gears of War more than anything where you have a cover system and all that sort of stuff but uncharted sort of draw was the spectacle and the adventure going on and so tomb raider the way they adapted it was more okay how do we sort of use that template and apply it to tomb raider and you know looking at the older tomb raiders and i think for me i like the gameplay of tomb raider the reboot trilogy more than uncharted i think i do too yeah Tomb Raider has much more engaging systems. I think, I mean, they both have the very like linear platforming where you're climbing up stuff. Like it's a funny example, like Uncharted 4, which came out in 2016, introduced a climbing axe, you know, after Mm -hmm. it saw Tomb Raider do it. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Tomb Raider has a much more engaging platforming where you're actually, you know, Uncharted's platforming is very simple to the point of where you really can't mess up you know tomb mm-hmm. raider you can mess up if you don't time yeah, it's, things right it's, it's forgiving right but it is forgive i found that uh when i stopped playing tomb raider and i went to another game with platforming i sucked at it mm-hmm. and i was like oh because they give you chances right like if yeah. you if you fall you can reconnect mm-hmm. your axe and and i found it to be it really hit the sweet spot for me um, I found the first game to be the most challenging. I thought Rise was the easiest. Yeah, Rise and Shadow, is, and then yeah, I think Rise yeah. is the easiest too. Like yeah, Shadow yeah. almost gets to the level of 2013, mm-hmm. but 2013 is a very tight experience where very. Cha- oh. I I got stuck in certain places, right? Like I mm-hmm. had to. Uh, the puzzles weren't really a problem for me, but the the action was. I, yeah. I'm not a good shooter. You know, mm-hmm. I was the opposite. A... I'm really good at like just 
spraying, but mm-hmm. uh, using my brain. Yeah, and you know. it it has that perfect balance that I think you know Uncharted very relies on the spectacle and and tomb raider has a great balance of it all like you have your sort of exploratory sections where you can deviate off the path and you can you know look at you know raid tombs as the name (laughs) implies and you know those have puzzle elements mixed in but then you have the combat which is very focused and tight and then you have the platforming which is forgiving but there you know there's still like some element of challenge and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and i think what tomb raider 2013 established really well from the get-go is like that right balance like when do we introduce the set piece moments like when do we introduce like you know early in the game when laura gets the gun after the rape scene like and then it's like on top of that all these buildings are burning down and she has to navigate through these passageways to get out of this burning hellscape or yeah. you know the the crashing plane where it's all about you know trying to avoid all the neck stabbing debris or the the raid on the castle uh or that uh one segment with the boats that are just like mm-hmm. held in the air which is like a 10 minute set piece it's and it just, incredible yeah it's incredible i i forgot about that scene I was like, wow, they that is such a cool area to do. And the fact yeah. that you you didn't like make it a giant, like boring thing. It's like, okay, here's your 10 minute set piece action as the boat is falling and collapsing, and Laura has to like quickly navigate this falling area. It's it's so every set piece it's very has visceral. A, yeah, it's extremely visceral, extremely engaging. And all the little bits and bobs that kind of support the experience, I think just enhance it, go along with the sort of story of Laura. Like, you know, she's get part, she gets parts to upgrade her arsenal. She gets all these artifacts that give her more information about the locations she's in uh, that reveal points on the map, or she uh, like there there's constant, the 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 tasks it gives you to do it reinforce the journey that she's going on and i think as you know as a rendition of laura herself i i like this you know i like reboot laura but i like 2013's laura like as she comes in into her own and she learns and becomes a crazy violent psychopath it's incredibly like, written. This yeah. game is in, like has some insanely good uh, writing, and it's written by a woman too, right? Yes, Which it, I think, I think yeah, again to to, to drop like women. little two women by two women, yeah, to drop little more woke points in there though. I think <laughs> that's it's a it's a good choice, right? Especially if you can find normal ones, tall order maybe, but if you can find <laughs> normal ones to write this kind of stuff, I do think that that's kind of better i'm not saying that men can't write women of course they can but uh i think that was a getting a a super talented uh, woman to write this especially when it's a story you know about kind of like surviving in this way i do think that there's a unique female perspective to that yeah that you that you can feel especially in the i know the same writers i think worked on the whole series but you can really feel it in that first game and they don't seem they don't seem concerned with like making her like 
I'm about to take out the boys. The boys yeah. are gonna, you know, but no, it's like she's fucking she's scrapping when she's that terrifying sequence in like the descent where she's in the cave and shit oh, like that. Yeah. And these little monsters are like that was scary. And when you first see the Oni sort of like, and I I wanna say uh that that kind of sense of you know being overwhelmed by this violence uh it might be uniquely female that yeah that's a good point i mean i you know again because it's an easy comparison because uncharted was inspired by tomb raider lovingly referred to as dude raider when it first came out and you know it it existed while these reboots came out and you see the sort of different adventures that Laura and Nathan Drake go on. Like Nathan Drake's almost like swashbuckling adventure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just here to get the treasure and bring my girls with and, you know, uh, learn a lesson or something, you know, like it it doesn't have to be anything more than it has to be uh, Mm -hmm. to be a good time. But like Laura's journey of survival you know, it feels very true to a female experience. It feels true to, I think, I think a lot of people can understand Laura as she goes through this whole thing. Like you feel, you feel genuine fear for her that Mm -hmm. you have to like navigate these like really macabre levels. Like there's the one level where she like lands in the pool of blood and dead bodies, like Mm -hmm. amazing visual, like her just, you know you know nervous coming out of the pool of blood just like looking around terrified have you seen the descent have you seen the movie the descent i have not that's where it comes from it's like a direct yeah. homage to the descent yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you dig it yeah you dig it, it. but like i guess you know, even if you didn't know it you know in my case like that's still like an amazing image to mm-hmm. see like you know to see this like you know icon of gaming laura in this light as she claws and scraps her way to become a legend you know you know a way to say it is like i I, there was moment like there's moments in the game where she's like she gets presented like against uh, tons of enemies she's like oh my god like she's armed she's like that's right you bastards i yeah i'm not getting taken down it's like i'm gonna kill all of you i was like like, let's go yeah it's so cool like (laughs) let's like i I feel I feel her genuine like I believe in myself mentality that she gets in those mm-hmm. moments or it's such it's a rare instance where a game a game and the the gamer and the player character are in sync with each other and you yeah, understand you, you understand where she is in the game and as a I mean you know as you progress through the story and you make you know you get to the final climax and when she gets the dual pistols it feels like that that was like a perfect ending that that shot of her looking down as the you know the final boss gets kicked off the edge of the map and you're just like standing there with the dual pistols i'm just like that is that is a plus just like you yeah. you i was you the leonardo the dicaprio up. meme pointing yeah. at the tv i was like oh she's got yeah, the things yeah and then they never bring i was like back. cheering bro i was like i was no i was gonna bring that up when you start rise, I was like, "Where are my dual pistols at?" Yeah, what exactly. <laughs> I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Like yeah, that you yeah. you teased me the with these dual pistols. It's like she's grown enough to earn the dual pistols of the past, and you take them away. 
We're going back to the bow and arrow. I'm like, yeah, fuck. The, I hate yeah. the gay bow and arrow. Give me the pistols. <laughs> yeah, but like Tomb Raider 2013 is so confident in itself. Like from every, like I rarely have seen a AAA game. And sure, this was like at this point now, it's, it's almost practically 10 years ago. Like to see a game so confident in itself from beat one and deliver on experience like a, a roughly 15 hour journey and it gets you from point a to point b it has no fluff no extra and it you know, like you really do it's just like it, it, i really do feel it's like one of the best games i've played it's so perfected within an inch of itself it knows what it has to be it knows what it wants to be and it doesn't try to do anything else other than be mm-hmm. the or like the origin story of Laura. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, you almost see in the later games, them trying to like grasp that they might've like put, you know, put a bow on it on the present and just like, Oh yeah, we did a great job. It's like, well, how do we kind of keep this going sort of thing? It, it's yeah. Like two Mary 13. It's just like, it's like chef's kiss. It's like, I don't know how else you could top that. Yeah, I want to play it again. Now yeah, I do because, too. I uh, want to get 100% yeah. again. I would definitely put it in my top five of the last 10 years because I I divide video games into epics like that because mm-hmm. like, you know, there's just some shit that's never going to touch Metal Gear Solid or Resident Evil 2, mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy 7, all the big games that I played like back yeah. in the day. But definitely of like... of new gamer david yeah like being, re- being reborn as a survivor of not playing video games into <laughs> you know this new life uh tomb raider like right now my list probably goes cyberpunk tomb raider uh and then it's and then i'd have to think about it more <laughs> like, but we this del oh, death stranding of course yeah yeah, yeah death stranding but like it's interesting too, I guess, you know, as a side thing, no, I don't really see much people talk about it in retrospect. It, and this is a kind of a thing about the reboot games as a whole is like these games have sold practically almost 10 million copies each game. And I don't see many people talking about them. It's like kind of mm-hmm. a, they forgot about it. It's almost been like wiped from their memory that they ever played it. And if they did, they were like, eh, this game's a little extreme sort of thing. Like it's, it's, you know, does Laura have to get, you know, you know, punctured in the stomach right from the get go? Yes, of course. In the womb. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah, me? Like, it's, it's symbolism, symbolic. bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah she, she gets her womanhood assaulted from the beat one. Like yeah, the spike goes right through an ovary. Yeah. You know, yeah, she doesn't need kids anymore. Yeah, she can ra- no. raid tombs all she wants now. Yeah, <laughs> just just receive loads and raid tombs. <laughs> Tomb raided. <laughs> that's what, he that, is that's the, what that rusty rebar was saying. Tomb yeah. raided. Yeah, he's the he's the womb raider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they had that. They had my buddy Billy brought womb raider. No, it was nude raider. He brought it to lunch when we yeah, were twelve. Yeah, it was uh, it was nineteen ninety nine. And he brought it to lunch and he he was like, come back to my place. We're going to play this game. And uh, we did. And it looked fucking stupid. I couldn't beat off to it, especially with him sitting there. But uh, you try. I do. But... <laughs> I do. Remember, like, I would have had a better time trying to beat off to like the actual CD because the CD itself had naked Laura Croft on it. This was back <laughs> in the day, bro. Like, you don't even know. Like, there was like bootlegs felt 
so dangerous and cool because yeah. they were legitimately hard to come by. Like you mm-hmm. had to have the the plug for the womb raider. Kind <laughs> of uh, get that womb raider download. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, that was a that was a fine year. Wish yeah. that I could go back <laughs> to Oh my god, I uh I love that Charlie episode so much. <laughs> it made me so happy hearing that. It's so much fun. Uh my god. Um but yeah, it, Tomb Raider 2013, I you know, I guess to sort of put a bow on it, I for one, everyone should play it. Yeah. Uh, everyone should play it. It's like ten dollars, physical or digital. It'll play on your PS4, it'll play on your PS5, whatever you want to play it on, it will play. And I think people should just experience this. It's a visually, it's stunning, even for being a PS3 game. It, you know, granted, it got some enhancements going on PS4, but it's visually stunning, even to this day. Laura, I love this rendition of Laura. I love the gameplay. I, I mean, I playing through it again recently I just learned how much I loved it like there it has that effect where it's like I can't put the controller down I have to play it I uh a few days ago when I was playing through it I played it for like I played it for six hours I took I put or not six I played it for three hours took a break put played like four hours and then I beat the game I was like I I had to finish it which was back how I felt back in the day it was like mm-hmm. this is so engrossing so captivating I I'm kind of shocked that they nailed it so perfectly on on the first game. Like, kudos to Crystal Dynamics on this one. Um, any closing thoughts on Tomb Raider 2013? I love that it does a whole lot of things, but doesn't overstay its welcome. Oh it yeah, throws in, like a lot of times when people want to impress with like a reboot or something that people are really excited for, it's like too much. You went too mm-hmm. way down this rabbit hole to where we're not even we're cramped and we're struggling to get out of it now. But Tomb Raider did a whole lot of shit mm-hmm. at just the right amount. Yeah, every it is a perfectly paced game. It never. It doesn't become boring with combat. It you know the the tombs are completely optional. Like it just plays that little you know the the bell sounds like oh there's a tomb nearby. Like hey I can go see that if I <laughs> want to. My Laura sense is tingling. Yeah, my... <laughs> she she felt the tomb in her womb. <laughs> but like you know it's completely optional and you know it keeps you moving forward all this stuff and the platforming never becomes like a bore ever. It's, it's paced perfectly in, in that sense too. And I love how they incorporate the climbing axe into combat too. Like that's such a great idea too. And then, you know, the set piece moments are genuinely well constructed, well done and they're thrilling and they're all unique to some degree. Like the one where she, you know, the, the air, the airplane, you know, she's sliding down the mountain and then it transition or then there's the one where she has to, navigate a forest with the parachute which mm-hmm. is genuinely harrowing like i got impaled the first time i did that on a branch <laughs> i remember brutal. when i first played it 10 years ago i got impaled too i was like this is terrifying i'm like mm-hmm. it, it yeah and then there's oh man there's so many wonderful things and i i really can't say it enough that tomb raider 2013 is a fantastic game and everyone should play it but i think it's time to go into the second game which is 
Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, came out uh, in 2015, November 10th, 2015. This was originally an Xbox exclusive back in the day. Uh, Microsoft got timed ex exclusivity to this game, uh, which I remember caused some a little mild convert controversy because they're like, "What PlayStation IP, bro?" Yeah, it's known as a PlayStation brand as long as it can be, and so it's like, "Oh, you're going to Xbox, like." Laura doesn't belong in the Xbox. So, you know, eventually it came out for PS4, you know, so that whole thing got swept under the rug very quickly. But Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think I enjoyed this one, but there are, it, it really does feel like more of the same. Uh, they've toned down some parts. You know, Laura doesn't get uh, brutally uh, beaten up as much. Like, they get that out of the way kind of quick and then they never kind of dwell on it for much in this game. I guess, you know, cause she's become the survivor, I guess. Um, uh, it expands on sort of Laura, you know, traveling the globe, uh, going from Serbia to, uh, to Siberia in, you know, the mountains, you know, the whole thing that's this game set in the mountains. So it's all snow and all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, what I like about Rise is that it's almost exclusively just Laura adventuring. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, it has one character from the first game, Jonah, uh, lovable Jonah. And he's only there for like the first 30 minutes or for, honestly, the first 10 minutes. And then he doesn't appear until like the last three hours. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I like that he's just non-existent. It's like, oh yeah, Laura, I've been trying to call you this entire time, but you know, the mountains are in my way. Like, <laughs> uh, I Rise, I had a lot of fun playing it recently, but I do feel as though it, it kind of lives in the shadow of the first game because you're just like, 
Well, it's like it doesn't have like that grit to it. And I feel like they're trying to like uh replicate that feeling. So I don't know what you guys thought of Rise of the Tomb Raider playing through it. Well, the opening when she's ice climbing the waterfalls, I think is some of the most beautiful graphics I've ever seen in a yeah. game, period. Uh I think that I was immediately hooked by that. I thought it was a really uh you know, again, visceral entertaining bit. What I think happens with Rise, because I love the setting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I actually am really fascinated by Siberia and it, it's a cool environment to do. And I liked the the focus more on hunting, uh, mm-hmm. but I think it's a bit overstuffed with things that I never used. For example, I played through the whole game and then remembered like, oh yeah, there's a weapons dealer I oh, could have yeah. been going to this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, that's they true. their own currency system, the, mm-hmm. the Byzantine coins or something mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the it's, sickest thing you can get from him is like the machine gun or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it's very it's they definitely open up the playground as it were compared like Tomb Raider 2013 is a very linear experience. You know, you can go back to previous areas if you want to. Uh but Tomb Rise has this very organic it feels like a world or you know a giant location where you're funneled through an experience, but you have the ability to go back and find things and they encourage you to do it more. I think than the first game, I think they, they listened to a lot of rise of the tomb Raider. A lot of the things that they did was, you know, answering fans who are like, we want more adventuring. We want more tombs. We want more exploration and all the sort of stuff to like, make you feel more like you're an adventurer. And I think, on that level, Rise succeeds. You know, I think of that first area when, you know, that first area in the mountains that like abandoned Soviet camp. And mm-hmm, there's like mm-hmm. three tombs in that area that you have to like find your way. And like one of them, you, you have to come back later to get, you know, when you get the gear to open the cavern. Mm-hmm. Like the game is the pull, right? It's when you have to, yeah, it's when one you of the pull. pull. Yeah. I think it's the pull arrow. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think it's very clear from the get-go that they want you to sort of explore to find out the sort of the be- it's very much like to learn about it 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 very, it very much says like okay you need to explore to figure out what happened. So it- one one thing about Rise that I want to get out of the way. So first of all, uh the Baba Yaga mm-hmm. DLC yeah is incredible. So mm-hmm. Laura gets, she trips balls. She gets like this, <laughs> this spore comes out and she goes on this like hallucinatory Baba Yaga adventure. I loved everything about that, but I have one, it, it's low hanging fruit. It's dangling right there. And I'm so shocked that they didn't do this. Even as just a tiny little mini game. When she first starts tripping balls, mm-hmm. how sick would it have been if it had reverted to PS1 graphics? Oh yeah. And she that... had to play the level like that. That would have been, I felt like it's right there, guys. It's right in front of you. Like yeah. you, you play an old school Tomb Raider level. Yeah. Just that for been, a little bit. Yeah. Just give, give the old heads their like little glimpse of like their nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, mm-hmm. that, they make that, that reminds me of in Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, they had the flashback missions where, you know, for one, you can play as PS1 model Solid Snake yeah. in the game and you like, find all these 
spray painted decals over the the map and you hear like lines from older games included in it and it's kind of structured in a way like older metal gear so i'm just like well tomb raider especially because rise at least for the ps4 version is like we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of her you know what a perfect opportunity to do that it's like hey why not have she's, an she's anniversary tripping and she's like she's looking at like her her There's hands that are now these blocks, polygon fists her, and she's her like tit, her tits are triangles she's <laughs> like what is going on and then you go through the level and it's it's back to like the old tomb raider no soundtrack just like strange tones very empty nihilistic feeling world with like a add in the black sky right just have yeah, a completely yeah. black sky yeah. Like that would have been safe, but Baba, like I'm not shitting on the Baba Yaga arc because it's my favorite part of the game, and mm-hmm. I love, I love the way it looks before the the before the toxins wear off, and you find out it's just like some bitch, you know, like behind the the gears of this thing. All that kind of like woozy pseudo mystical creature yeah. fights and stuff. I thought I thought it was decently challenging and uh, visually stunning. Just a little yeah. missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Rise is a great game that was just it was missing a little little parts, I guess you could say. It mm-hmm. you know, cuz this was the first quote unquote reboot Tomb Raider to be made for 8th gen, you know, Xbox 1, PS4. And by the way, the whole franchise, you know, the whole reboot trilogy is stunning. Like it I'm one I can tell, you know, the differences between generations. Like I can see the difference. I was going to ask you that. Like is PS5 actually better than PS4? Yes. Uh Okay. The okay, if, I trust you. Here, here's the I mean the long story short of it, the PS4 had a very bad CPU. It was not yeah. good. And so now the PS5 has a radically better CPU um which allows it you know, to do way more complex things, whether it be from AI being much more better or uh, calculating uh, effects and whatnot. Like, I'll just say this, like, I'll get a little ahead of myself, but like the PS5 update to Shadow is one of the best looking things I've ever seen. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The fact that I can get that game running at native 4K, 60 frames per second, and it doesn't drop, a frame ever like i can tell that like you know shadow of the tomb raider on a base ps4 which is what it came out for that's like 1080p 30 frames per second so it's like kind of choppy looking and not as smooth meanwhile like the ps5 version is like immaculate glittering uh, gotcha gotcha and there's you know all these sort of visual de- i mean it's true about, you know, as game consoles have progressed, the Moore's Law has definitely gotten to play the law of diminishing, diminishing returns. And we're seeing, we, we're never going to have a jump like from PS1 to PS2. It's never going to happen again, unless we find some radically new invention with computer technology. It's, it's just impossible. But the big thing for me, you know, like the, the reboot trilogy, I think just is immaculate and chat and rise was the first time I noticed it. It's like, this is like hyper detailed. It's artistically beautiful too. Like it'd be one thing if like, it just looked realistic and well detailed, but like 
rise is very well artistically designed like some of the lighting is is beautiful like when you're in the mountains mm-hmm. and you have like the sunrise and it's just like this orange hue over the mountains it, it's or when you're exploring those caves uh where it's just like a giant opening in the roof and you just see this beautiful sunlight coming in on the water it, or in the in the mountains when you get underneath the ice and it's just this blue hue everywhere it it rises very beautiful to look at even even like watching footage from a base you know the original versions which was like you know 30 frames per second whatever you know technical talk uh yeah it rise i think uh is more or less more of the same cut back a little bit they listen to the criticism of laura need don't beat the shit out of laura anymore uh but at the same time they're just like okay well okay now we're gonna have a game set in siberia now everyone's like a white character oh well we gotta fix that in the next game <laughs> like tomb raider is like accident like rise of the tomb raiders accidentally like stands in the way of like the modern liberal like think tank thing which is like very quaint in modern like looking back on it it's like I know that they didn't mean to do this. It's just like, well, it's set in Russia. Of course there's white people. Like they didn't understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's but... like the the friends thing when people are like, this is just a bunch of white people. It's like, well, <laughs> duh. Uh, they hang out at a coffee shop. <laughs> like <laughs> we do be we do be hanging out there. We do hanging out at coffee shops and going into Russian of lost civilizations. We just, God, I want to do that so bad. I want to be an, like I've met an archaeologist once when I went to go see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. This guy and I were were talking before the movie, and he's like, "What do you do?" And at the time, I said, "You know, oh, I work in retail, whatever." I was like, "What do you do?" And he's exactly my age. He's like, "Oh, I'm an archaeologist." And I was like, "Oh, this is the guy who stuck with it. He stuck to his dream to become Indiana Jones." And I was like, "So tell me about it, bro. Like, what do you do?" And he's like, "Not much." it's really it's he's like it's really fucking boring actually for the most part like you you have a little brush and you're fucking finding an arrowhead and i was like okay so i don't want to be an archaeologist that was like the indiana jones movies ways of legitimizing i i want to be a tomb raider yeah i want to i want to go steal shit from ancient civilizations and accidentally start the apocalypse and how to have to you know, <laughs> yeah not to get it too far ahead right but like yeah. uh oh yeah i was yeah. gonna say was that right rise that was shadow shadow Shadows. that was shadow yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um that, that's a good point though i will say in my opinion i think rise actually captures the indiana jones element the best like there's a mm. lot of discovery for you to sort of like unwind like in this game they introduce the uh the stuff that you can read with uh your mm. your language skills oh, yeah that opening stage right the byzantine yeah. paintings and shit yeah and you can you know cool. you can increase laura's proficiency in different languages and it can be like greek or it was like yeah byzantine or russian and like that feels like a great inclusion like laura is trying to learn old languages to learn the history about it and learn what happened here and i think that feeds into like rise being so 
centered around the idea of adventure. Like if Rise of the Tomb Raider feels the most inspired by Uncharted 2, like uh both games are set in the mountains in like Siberia, Tibet area and they involve like meeting this village of like this lost civilization who is guarding a secret that this like evil entity wants to take and use for their own selfish needs quote unquote like it's interesting to see tomb raider adapt the uncharted 2 into itself and i actually think that in a way to rise does a better job of that setting because again you're you're piecing together a you're piecing together a second story underneath laura's story uh which is uh i guess the, the story of rise is uh, she has daddy problems, and yes. she uh, can't get over her dad dying. Tra- like uh, in front of her, uh, by Trinity. Uh, so that's like the main crux of the game is like her on the pursuit of her dad's, like one of her dad's uh, journals and adventures uh, that drove him to like be quote unquote crazy, and everyone shunned him for being a, a whack job. Uh, so it's like Laura's daddy problem simulator. Um, I, I feel like of the three stories, it's the weakest because I'm like, eh, I'm more into like learning about the Russian uh, prisoner camp or I'm more interested in the lost civilization, how everything works there. It, I guess by encouraging more adventuring, the story kind of like slips a little under itself. Uh but I still enjoy it. Like I, I still love this version of Laura. It's the same writer as the first game, the same woman, and I love still. You know, I don't know. Is I still love Rise. Rise is a great game. It's just not it on the level game. of 2013. No, and it um, can't be because it can't be as visceral. There's, you know, when you when you start creating stuff, you you want everything that you make to be the best thing that you've ever made, and you know, if you're like Kelby and I, you mm-hmm. feel that way. But there's also an element of I'm going to put aside my need to make a perfect game to make a different game, mm-hmm. you know? And they stuck to the Lara Croft Tomb Raider spirit of exploration in their design of the game. And they said, yeah. you know, we could just redo Tomb Raider with a new skin. It's like, or we could introduce these elements. Some of them yeah. work, some of them don't, but we'll play around a little bit. And I think the a real synthesis, and it also gives the first one a run for its money, in my opinion, is is Shadow. Shadow comes yeah. really close. Yeah, Shadow is the closest. So I guess, you know, to wrap up Rise, I think it's visually stunning. It still has those traits. It still has that great balance of combat, platforming, exploration, set piece. Like, there's still some great set piece moments in uh, Rise, such as when she's escaping the prisoner camp and like Mm -hmm. everything's exploding as a helicopter chases her and she's like jumping between ice platforms. It there's still that clat like that what 2013 established Rise still has. It's you know, it's. It's a good it's a great game, but you know, it's not gonna deliver the same experience as 2013. So yeah. Uh I guess that will bring us to the final game of tonight, which is Shadow 
of the Tomb Raider. So, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the last of the reboot trilogy. Uh, it came out September 14th, 2018. Uh, this was actually not developed primarily by Crystal Dynamics. This was developed by Eidos Montreal, who is the sort of a... Uh, they're the like sort of main development house of Eidos, which is, you know... They they own Crystal Dynamics, uh, uh, you know, as sort of a big publisher, but they have their own development branch in Montreal. So they were folk they were tasked with making this game as Crystal Dynamics was focusing on the Avengers game. Um, and so this game this game is wild. I think from the get go, it. I guess we shall bring up first the message that they show when you start the game, which is saying we here at Eidos Montreal are 
uh, as, a, as a team of various, I forget the exact words, but it's like we're a team of various religious beliefs, nationalities, sexualities, whatever. It's basically like the woke declaration. We have a black friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, these Canadians have their black friend. They have, they have the, the black developers on staff. We have a, a gay developer, all this, you know, the check part. And I laughed so hard seeing that. It is hilarious that they had to say that before a video game. I've never seen a game do that before. <laughs> uh, it feels like a mild apology for the previous two games. Somehow, like we're we're now five years separated from the first game, and only three three years separated from Rise. And it's like, oh, no, the rich white lady. Uh, we can't. Uh, we're sorry that she raids tombs. Uh, <laughs> like, please, sorry, sorry for tomb raiding. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry, sorry for party rocking. Yeah, <laughs> it's so laughable. That they open with this and you see them do this because like i posted that screenshot from the development section it's like we have we're addressing the social themes in political climate of the time quote you know trump and they're just like uh yeah we we want to address a white a white rich woman uh stealing artifacts from uh 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 civilizations you know not in the west and it's like so the way they do that is make laura a psychopath to start <laughs> where she incites the apocalypse <laughs> it's i never thought about it that way yeah they kind of they, they're they're teaching her a lesson about yeah. not raiding tombs yeah e even though like her intention is like still like she's trying to stop trinity like it's so uh, it's so weird it's it's kind of camp in a way that they like depict laura as like a selfish insane person that will murder that like seemingly thousands of people in the gecko in this like little mexican village with a tsunami and it's a great set piece though it's, yeah it's amazing it's a... you know yeah. If, if anyone you know anyone has a playstation 5 and you get the update to this game uh where it runs in 4k 60 frames per second it is this game is stunning visually like i i had several and for one this game has a photo mode and if the game has a photo mode i'm gonna use it um <laughs> the, you know this game encourages you to just like take a step back and just look at these amazing vistas that they made like you just see like mountain ranges for miles. They're just luscious jungles, you know, these beautiful like ornate tombs that are just glittering with like gold and ornate rocks feature. I mean, this is a visual stunner. Like I was like, okay, I'm starting to notice games looking great. And this is one of them, you know, mm -hmm. this is like where that PS five thing is like, well, yeah, they're, they're making old games look better. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it Shadow of the Tomb Raider is it kind of feels like they're going back to 2013 because they bring this is the thing Rise of the Tomb Raider didn't have violent death animations, Shadow brings them back. Mm -hmm. So Laura gets stabbed in the throat again, she gets like ripped apart by a jaguar. Uh, all the stuff like they're they're bringing back the stuff people like the like the visceral elements of 2013 mixing in the sort of adventure plots of parts of rise and they're making this very 
over-the-top, large-scale adventure of Laura trying to stop Trinity and stop the apocalypse. It's wild. And by the end of it, I actually came to love it, despite it's like weird we're sorry message at the end mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i i i guess what are your guys' thoughts on shadow the combat felt a lot more uh frenetic mm-hmm. i don't think it was completely as nah the whole thing felt real visceral but like the first one uh 2013 felt so intimate and and mm-hmm. close even though you could see the scale of it the whole time mm-hmm. uh that like visceral was like the key word for that but this one felt a lot more frenetic yeah um dangerous it was really hard to do stealth mode for yeah. me at least i was like oh my god like they just have they have their own spidey sense or something like how yeah. i thought i was <laughs> the being thermal pretty goggles. sneaky there yeah uh the upgraded crafting system there was a lot of gameplay stuff or did they yeah they went further with the crafting in shadow didn't they Mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah yeah. that i thought that was uh i thought that felt neat and not too overdone Mm -hmm. it 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 feels like yeah, they they've they they improved the stealth mechanics where Laura can like cover herself in mud to blend in mm-hmm. with environments. They let her now hide in like walls, uh, which is like a little kind of funny in some cases because she like does stealth kills, pulls enemies to it. And it's like still the dead bodies in clear sight. It's like <laughs> it's kind of silly, but like they definitely made it much more yeah, like you said, frenetic. It's much more wild like even the gunplay feels very it's very different from the first two games it feels much more like punchy like everything feels more like everything has a kick to it from guns to the bow and arrow to the shotgun you know her her arsenal as it were and you know stealth stealth has been expanded where like now she can I think Shadow is the one where you could like shoot an arrow in a guy and hang him up uh, on a tree, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like <laughs> that is so extra of Laura to do. But I kind of love how she's just like she's like, gameplay. Laura is kind of insane in this one. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. and that's some tough know. sequences too. There's some tough battles yeah. in in Shadow for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. especially in the shanty town. Right, mm-hmm. the the shanty town fights were took me some. The two toughest battles that I had in the game was in 2013, when the guys are on the zip line coming yeah. at you, and you have to shoot them off the zip line. And then the shanty town was like really tough. I mm-hmm. like, I got to the point where I decided I would do something else, so I actually called into car crash and talked to Eddie for a while while I was <laughs> playing that because I'm like, um. I need I need something else to do, but uh, <laughs> I I really love the design. I love everything Mesoamerican, Aztec, mm-hmm. uh, Maya, you know. So I really, especially towards the end, that one bitch who's got no lips, uh-huh. just like weird skull teeth. I thought she was really scary and cool. The headdress looked really cool, and um, you know, the whole like apologizing thing up front. On the one hand, it's kind of cucked. It's very cucked. Yes, but. Uh, 
on the other, you know, like we talked about earlier, that's kind of the equivalent of just being like, baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like going hard into it. Like they, I kind of get why they did it considering the climate. I think it's fucked up, but I get it considering the climate because they are like, you're straight up. You are a white chick. Who's just like killing Indians left and right. (laughs) And they had to, at a certain point be like, uh, we're sorry. This... <laughs> we're, it, we're no, sorry. It, that, that's a great point too because it you get the feeling from seeing that message that they're going to be like, okay, we're sorry, and the Indians that you experience and these like Incans and Mayans are all like wonderful people. And at first, you think that because they have that one village with the one girl that Jonah uh, hits on. Uh, she's my man who's... finally gets some punani yeah exactly uh beautiful you know lovable jonah finally gets some <laughs> laura's laura's womb has uh been raided and so he can't mm-hmm. have her so he gets like his like tiny village incan girl it's like yeah, jonah well... needs his bitches fertile he's trying, <laughs> some, he's trying to have some cubs exactly <laughs> but like so you think like the game is going to like do this sort of thing but then it still has those moments where you fight the tri- the trinity got the trinity enemies who are in the incan outfits mm-hmm. and then also there's that tomb where it's the blood sacrifices where you have all those dead bodies cut up and you have puzzles involving like pools of blood like it's pretty brutal and it, it's, it's also by the way it's super accurate this is one of my favorite uh like historical revisionism things. I saw this and I don't know enough about it, but I saw somebody one time who was like, okay, stick with me here. <laughs> Put yourself in the shoes of Cortez, right? Who all my Mexican friends, you mentioned Cortez, fuck him, right? This guy shows up on his boat with his bros and he shows up to this town. Everybody's got cool feathers on. He's like, all right, bet. Yeah, this is cool. Like, And then he's like, oh, my God. Like, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's the torture murder chamber. He's like, what? And then they just bring people out and start hacking their limbs out and tearing their hearts out. And he's like, yeah. guys, uh, we might we might need like they're watching like a four year old get like decapitated. And they're like, we need to do something about this yeah (laughs) and you could you could frame a whole movie that way where they're the heroes and you know if you take out all the like you know they kind of want the gold and yeah no they're they're in in the fucking 16th century there are no heroes i think we can agree with that but if you were to do some hollywood movie magic it would be so easy to have these guys who show up on a boat and they're like ha ha wow finally made it to america and then they show up and they're like, what in the fuck are these people like doing? Yeah. Like <laughs> what if the road to El Dorado was low key a little bit of that. Y'all y'all the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it, the fact that this is a modern game that has a level dedicated to this, like yeah. it is I applaud them for doing it. Like, obviously, like, I could see, I could easily see them, like, I could see the the, the safe version of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, but they didn't yeah. do that. They went all out on it. They went all out on depicting everything is intense and violent and everything, uh, you know, for, for one, I love that temp, that, that, the, 
the tomb you do, the level with the blood sacrifices and the bodies cut up everywhere. That's a great visual anyways. Like, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Callback to, you know, Tomb Raider 2013 in a way. But, you know, it's... it. I guess my point being is, like, Tomb Raider... Shadow of the Tomb Raider, <laughs> I feel like that message was to, like, make any sort of liberal person, like, be, like, feel okay playing this. It's like, okay, yeah, Laura, you know, Laura... We made Laura check her privilege. Uh, yeah, she but had to check her privilege first. But yeah, it's like she still you know, saves the day in the end. Yeah, she still saves the day. She still and takes the, the dagger. And takes the dagger. And the thing is, too, like I watched this archaeology documentary with Albert Lin, and he goes to Peru, yeah. and they use lidar to look under the surface of these ruins, right? And they dig up one of these ruins, and they find all these bones. He's like, oh, so like what, like what he's holding a bone. He's like, so what is this? He's like, that's the leg bone of a child. He's like, oh, <laughs> so like, how did they die? And he was like, they were sacrificed. And he's like, how many are in here? And they're like hundreds. And he says, why did they do that? And they're like, probably because they wanted it to rain. And he was <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> you know, so, it's like so I I get yeah again you it's a different climate and people have a very myopic view of history and they have to make sure that everybody's you know because now it's like okay you know whatever like I'm not really sure I know how much corporate power uh Anglo countries have over these countries but I'm not entirely sure how much one white woman how much power one white woman has in these countries yeah uh, but you know, to argue about it is to already accept the premise, and it's a completely yeah. easily rejectable premise. And it's like it's an adventure game with some scary bad guys. That's a shitload. Yeah, of fun. out of all, it's so hard to pick. Yeah, I love the Trinity bad guys in this one. I love, I love too that the you know the adventure of Shadow. I love that it there's like forks in the road as it were where it's not like a straightforward plot which you know i'm not against i love linear sort of from beginning to end point a to point b like i'm okay with that but i like that shadow has its moments where it's like oh actually the clue to getting what we want is actually farther away from mm-hmm. you know the town of paititi mm-hmm. uh and i i love that despite more or less being set in one location, there still feels like a largeness to it all. Like there, mm-hmm. it feels globe trotting without the globe trotting as it were. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate, I can appreciate shadow on again. It, the combat feels great. The set pieces are amazing by the way. Like, yeah, this is the, you know, the benefit of you know being a triple a studio and you have seemingly infinite money at your disposal like as we mentioned earlier the tsunami set piece is fantastic uh, unreal it's shocking in its brutality it's shocking in its scope uh i there, there's the i posted a clip from the game where the mudslide happens mm-hmm. and it's like the whole like environment is just crumbling underneath like laura like you just see cliff size just collapse into like giant like just slopes down into the ocean and just this like tidal wave of mud is about is like swallowing this town up it 
or uh, or even the the final set piece as you climb the tower uh, mm -hmm. up to stop the ritual. Like that's also large scale and beautiful and brutal. Like you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider in kind of it, 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 it doesn't go as far as The Last of Us in sort of its brutal imagery, but there's definitely like little tastes of it here and there, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I love that. Like that's like I, I guess a perk of like these modern games when you have visuals that are bordering on, bordering on realism that when you mm -hmm. want to tell a story that has brutal elements or vicious savage visuals and themes you can convey these now in a very present in in your face way that way it sticks with you and you know, I think of the temple where you find all those monsters in and like mm -hmm. the I, I remember that one with all the bones everywhere. I think obviously like the blood, the blood sacrifice ritual area. I think of the area where you meet the the rebel woman, like the area where you save her and all that stuff. Like there's so many visually strong and clear confident imagery present that again it has that magic of just like oh here's the next area and it's visually different here's the next set piece here's the next mm -hmm. combat scenario you know even they even expand on like platforming too where you can now climb up like vertical walls oh i forgot about that yeah that's yeah. true that's true that this game also has a lot of places that i would love to live in mm -hmm. like i would love to be sitting out on the breezeway drinking a warm beer in the humidity like in that town before yeah. like pre-tsunami you know like when they're mm -hmm. doing the dia de los muertos stuff like i want to party there and like just exist in the candlelight and then when she goes to the native village and they're working on like their you know pyramidal tiered uh rice patty type yeah. situations whatever it is they're doing like yeah and they're like wearing loincloths and just like kind of doing their their agricultural work i'm like damn i want to live here too so there's a lot of places in um in shadow that i just kind of wanted to hang out in which i think is an important contrasting element to an action game like you do want to have those brutal set pieces but you also kind of you don't want to leave the hub like yeah. you have to kind of force you like you're like i could just hang out here like what's like why and then you go into the jungle and you get the sensation of like transitioning from safety cozy comfort to uh to being in the shit which rise didn't have because siberia is not doesn't feel hospitable you know yeah like 2013 and shadow had it because like i want to live on that island in japan i want to live in the jungle in shadow don't want to live in siberia that place <laughs> is like, it fucking sucks yeah there i was like yeah shadow it sells like it sells you on the environment through such beautiful visuals and you know i i, I mentioned this earlier but it's like modern games for a while look the same so when it's like you play a game like shadow that has a distinct visual style and it still has a distinct artistic style being this you know just you know archaeology indiana jones aesthetic it still stands out and so when you have these like eye bleeding visuals it it pops so all these locations you go to stick out to you you know you know you have like 
the moments in the bright daylight or in the sunset or at night. Like there, there's always something visually stick, you know, it has that stickiness quality where it sticks in your mind. Like I think of the one area where Laura is in that oil refinery again, like another 10 minute set piece moment and it doesn't overstay its welcome, but it's visually stunning. You know, you have this like bombastic, fight against trinity in this oil field it, it kind of reminds me of a segment in resident evil 5 almost where you just have explosions are going everywhere and all this like bombastic stuff and laura's just like i'm gonna fucking kill you uh mm -hmm. and then it transitions into this like tense stealth game like not too long after like again i think a through line of this these reboot trilogies is that it handles uh, the adventure and knowing how to pace it really well and shadow is very very close to getting to 2013's level uh i i'm trying to think if there's anything else i mean i love the fact that you can change costumes in this game this is it feels i'm just like when like finally laura can change your outfit whether if you craft stuff that helps you in gameplay or just like Oh hey, I'm gonna play as blocky PS2 Laura or PS1 Laura. Like mm -hmm. I, I love that, just like little details about it. Like it I went it, full native. I went full native of it as soon as I could. Yeah. You got a role play. Yeah, I had the feathers <laughs> on. I was like I was that, in my, my Cherokee princess face. Oh uh, yeah, I you know that outfit she gets with the the headdress on it, that's a pretty cool one. It's like glittering in gold. Like yeah, there, there, there's so much there. Even Shadow, the third game in the in this trilogy, they've still got strong ideas. <laughs> I even like when you play as little Laura, like mm -hmm. you know her just being like, uh, "So the I have to save the White Queen, and you know only the dashing Laura Croft can save her." Mm -hmm. And then it just bookends it with her dad dying. It's like, yes. okay, <laughs> that's brutal. Yeah, you I beat was... the level, and it's like daddy, and then boom. <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> that's like a perfect <laughs> impersonation. It was like, Daddy, what are you? <laughs> I was seeing a glimpse into Gus's future with that one, where he's like, Dad, <laughs> boom, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's and what I love too at the end of it is that I love like this is I guess a through line for this trilogy is that. Even if Laura goes through some shit along her journey, there's always sort of this optimism at a core. Like, mm -hmm. it would have been easy. Like, if it could have been very easy, especially in Shadow's case, because it's you know more recent, to make Laura a very like like forespoken girl. You know, make her like a quip, a quipping like one-liner cannon that. She's just like, whoa, look at this tomb. Isn't it just so crazy? I can't believe they did this. You know, like I'm shooting a bow and arrow. Is that something I do now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been so easy to do that, but like Laura, it feels very true in a way to her origins and her roots, where it she is even in the face when she is, you know, gasping for air, like afraid for her life she still has like this class to her and this very you know she's always curious she's always wanting to discover and find things 
And I guess, you know, with Shadow being kind of like the, uh, quote, you know, the quote unquote uh, uh, end to this trilogy, I think what I love is that there is a sort of like very tender core to it all. Like Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, I think, love Laura. They don't view her as a relic of the past. They have a reverence for her, which for any legacy franchise, any legacy character that has existed for so long in the industry, and especially when you hand it off to a different studio, it would be easy to downplay her origin, like downplay their origins, down like, or comment on the origins, like, you know, you know, negates the existence of the past, but the the reboot trilogy reveres the past not directly, but at its spirit to in a way. Like I feel like even if these are all different Lauras, they all still feel one in the same. In a way, if that makes sense. Like I don't feel like Crystal Dynamics or Idas Montreal hate her they love her and they want to give her adventures that stand on the shoulders of you know the ps1 era or the legends trilogy that they worked on uh in the mid 2000s they understand her place in history and they want to deliver that and i love that you know i get you know that that's just my view on it all i think they it's rare to see a character so beloved still beloved by new developers. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we continue to expand on this sort of thing? Well, I think, I think that grace and class thing is the key factor that like dudes are kind of bad at with writing female characters that makes a good, like believable badass female whatever type of females like that uh you're not as reckless as like <laughs> a a dude would think of shit because yeah she's like she's like that new reboot laura croft gives laura croft an extra layer of like the kind of audrey hepburn factor mm -hmm. except deadly psycho <laughs> If uh, Audrey Hepburn, but she found a pistol. Yeah, oh, I love <laughs> the swimming in Shadow too. Oh yeah, the water is beautiful, which is very much like the older games. Which I love the water in those old PS One games. I love that you can actually like for one, the swimming controls are actually good. Like it's rare games to get swimming right, mm -hmm. and the reboot trilogy when they do swimming, it's well done. But like Shadow swimming and diving underwater is an active part of gameplay like dodging uh dangerous predator animals like the piranhas and the eels uh mm -hmm. or finding the lights to get more air or finding resources under underwater like i i it's rare time when a water centric level doesn't make me pissed off <laughs> it's like all the way back to mario yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think of the water temple in uh, Ocarina of Time, and that one's just fucking pisses me off still to this day because 
it's just egregious in how it's designed, but you know, that'll be saved for another day. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think what to, to wrap this all together about reboot Laura, about Laura in general, Tomb Raider as a series is that what I admire about it is that Laura is a legend and every iteration feels appropriate to the legend inside our heads. Like Laura deserves the legacy. She has the title she has as, you know, that bitch, you know, Laura Ben Croft, as it were, I think whether it be the origin trilogy of the nineties or the legend of the two thousands or the reboots, they respect this figure you know this this you know basically a group of polygons and textures they respect her and idolize her and they every game you know maybe except for like angel of darkness or chronicles like those are bad games um but you know the good games understand the legend and want to give an adventure fitting for a legend as it were. And even in the 2010s, when the gaming industry was changing, you know, in many, you know, for a lot of people, like for the worse, Laura still stayed strong and firm in her, you know, in the sort of view as we know her, but just like a new coat of paint, you know. And I wouldn't, and I don't have any sort of negativity about this this era of Laura and I feel like I'm excited for the new upcoming era whatever this might bring I have my wants I have my desires for this new Laura Dick but cake. yeah fat cake big tits jumping backwards uh dual pistols important uh we can't just tease gamers with dual pistols out of the end of one game and not do it I still can't believe they did that that like you know cock tease at the end it's like you get this one like five second thing with the dual pistols and that's it mm -hmm. uh but reboot raiders you know the tomb raider reboots whatever you want to call them the survivor arc survivor era the laura still is laura croft and so yeah I mean, and let, you know, do you guys have any closing thoughts on the reboots at all? No, no, I think that was pretty solid for me, Kevin. That yeah, that's a great way to sum it. I had to throw in this is a minor like gameplay, like this is a technical thing, but it made it made the series for me. Um, how you can just headshot people, <laughs> and it actually, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's not like, oh, health bar ticker, like this damage is like, nah, blow, you're dead. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's like, you know, you know, if it feels appropriate, you know, basically. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm glad to have covered Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, all these games, seven in total. I'm glad that I hope that I can give more people an appreciation for the Tomb Raider franchise to Laura Croft and hopefully 
you know, encourage people to play more of these games. They're special games across almost three decades. Now we're getting closer and closer to three decades of Tomb Raider. And so I'm excited for the future of Laura and Tomb Raider. So I uh, want to thank you guys for being a part of this two-part episode. It's been the biggest joy to talk to you guys again. It's been a blast. Hell yeah. Anytime. Always a good time. And I think that is a perfect place to stop the recording.